And we're back, Rise Guys. Not to mention Rise Gals. Hello. It is another week, another episode of Mad About Mad About You, your weekly Mad About You review recap podcast. My name is Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. John Marbley, how you doing? I'm good. You know what? I want to do the intro one day. Do you? At some point. I don't know when, but yeah, I think it'd be fun. Now, the paranoid part of me Mm -hmm. is thinking that this is a direct relation to the way that this intro is going. Oh, no, no, no. I just mean it'd be fun. I've been thinking about Uh it a lot because I'm a little jealous. I'll tell you, it is fun. And I didn't have the guts to just do it one day. So now I'm just telling you I would someday I would like to. You're right. It's fun. And so I'm I'm going to say no. (laughs) If mad about you was a final frontier, we're traveling outside of time and space here. So let's break it down now. It's just what we do. about you you know you've really gotten an edge over the last 18 episodes well i know my strengths i know my weaknesses it's fun and it's fun yeah that's true i'm gonna dial that back from i know my strengths and i know my weaknesses too i know what i enjoy and i know what i don't enjoy and i do enjoy that my strengths and weaknesses are still very fuzzy yeah who knows? Well, <laughs> Who I mean, knows, really? You know, the whole point of this podcast, from my perspective, is to turn you into an absolute monster by the end, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Rice guys, Rice gals. There is no job. No, not like a ghoul. I mean, me. like a jerk. Oh, is that what you were doing? <laughs> you sound like Godzilla. I can do both. <laughs> it's a little, a little ghoul, a little jerk. Oh, gosh. <laughs> a gurk. A gurk. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Hey, how was your week? I think it was probably great, but I couldn't tell you one interesting thing. Could I tell you one interesting thing? What? I know you shot something. Oh, I got a couple little uh, things I'm going to be plugging uh, sometime in the next 12 months, so stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) One of them might never see the light of day, and the other one, (laughs) I don't know when it's coming out. This is a real peek behind the curtain for listeners of how the movie biz works. Oh, yeah. You do a lot of work for no one to watch sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. That's it. It's not about the audience. Until it is. (laughs) Until it is. (laughs) It's not about the audience, but also the audience is vital. Yeah, crucial. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i was that this week though oh no last was, week most that was I last did a lot week of, uh, basically yeah yeah last week i was busy doing a couple gigs that was fun and this week quite the opposite <laughs> <laughs> no fun no gigs uh it was some fun i couldn't tell you what the, oh i saw rough okay. night that was a oh yes in fact i know we don't plug a lot of other people's things on here but yeah you know it got horrible reviews i think well, I know, did. because I stayed up all night reading them, and I made a Rotten Tomatoes account just so I could vote and give it five stars. <laughs> yeah, sure, maybe it's not the best movie ever made, but it's a very funny movie that's very fun to go see. So go see Rough it Night. It looks like a lot of fun. And don't bring in the weird, crazy politics that it seems like every single critic in the world brought to it when they saw it. Uh-oh. I mean, it's insane. I, uh, I'm, I'm unfamiliar. Well... You know what Rough Night is, right? It got marketed poorly, quite frankly, as Girl uh-huh. Hangover. Right. That's how it looked. And that's how it looked. And it is not, that's, A, that's an unfair, crazy comparison to make in general. Like, 
girls can't have their own movie. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, what's the male version of this so that I can understand right. what it is? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, the, the concept. Wait, so you mean women hang out? I, yeah, uh, right. What, what's, so, uh, what's that like? What's that like with uh, dudes? Is there anything? <laughs> all the reviews brought that to it. And then, like, that's not even a good comparison. Right. It's so much smarter and uh, less crude. I mean, it's a little crude, I guess. But it's like. It's so not what the trailer makes it seem like, and it's so smart and so sure. funny. And, uh, sure. you know, as you guys know who listen, I hate everything. So just go yeah. see Rough Night and enjoy it. <laughs> and if you hate it, tweet at Russ. Please. Please do. <laughs> How was your week? It was good. I met Paul Reiser. Oh, that's right! <laughs> the Rise guy himself. The Rise guy himself. That means we're only was... one degree away from Barnett Kelman now. <laughs> <laughs> Keep reaching for the brass ring! <laughs> We finally found oh, our horse. I can't believe I let that opportunity slip through my fingers. Here I was talking to Paul Reiser. Hey, Paul, big fan. I, Listen, do you and Barnett still talk? What's up with yeah, Barnett? Yeah. We would love to get a 20 <laughs> to 40 hour interview with him. <laughs> We've got a lot of deep questions. <laughs> yeah. Tell us all about, I mean, uh, your boy, I worked, if I may vent for a minute, I worked Please. my butt off to try to figure out how to do an animated yeah. gif of one moment in Mad About You when I got, like, half a like on Twitter and, like, one like on Facebook. Aww. You take a photo of the outside of a theater that says Paul Reiser, and you're Mad About You, Mad About You viral. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, don't uh. apologize. It's a uh, free market. Free free market? Yeah, we let the people decide. <laughs> yeah, uh, tell us. It was really, really cool. We recorded... Um, my buddy Gary and I went, our buddy Gary. Yeah, Gary, and, the reason uh, we know each other. The reason we know. We went out there and he. Uh, we recorded actually a, something, a, a podcast on the way home in the car. That yeah. That touches on a lot of the finer details. That'll be coming uh, out at some point. At some point, yeah. Over um, the next uh, three years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, three years from now, you won't even believe how great it is when <laughs> you try to remember that this happened. Yeah, it's like a fine wine. <laughs> But yeah, we went out there, out to Long Island, and his stand-up was really, really funny. Uh, you saw him. and Yeah, um, I saw him three years ago. Yeah, a few things sounded familiar to me from that routine, little bits uh, and pieces. Right, because you saw him too. Uh, yes, I saw, yes, I saw him too, <laughs> as well. I saw him, and you told me, you told me Yeah, right, that that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the show that you went to <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, boy. We're fine. And <laughs> it was great. And, yeah, really, really funny stand-up. A lot more physical than I thought he was going to be. And after the show, we were able to run into him in the parking lot and uh, talk to With him your car? for a little bit. <laughs> With Yeah, yeah, we, 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 we ran into him. We backed over him. One funny thing happened. He was uh, When we first saw him, he was talking to his driver about the place where he was going to eat dinner. I think it was called Paragon. And he repeated it three or four times to make sure that the driver got it. And so we said our goodbyes. And then I say to Gary, I'm just like, Gary's like, you want to get some food? I'm like, sure do. And I'm like, hey, you want to go to Paragon? <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Not Wait, did you? Not doing that? We did not. Great. We went yeah. to some meatball place down the street. But yeah, I'm like. That'd be a fun way to ruin a really great night, right? Just oh, absolutely. The, hey, you guys are here too. Yeah. Great. Scare the crap oh, out of listen, a hero. I've got this recorder. Um, are you oh, doing my anything? Gosh. <laughs> oh. Is this side of the booth taken? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
but that did not happen. But yeah, it was um, it was really fun. I super missed you. Um, uh, yeah, I forgot. That's why I. That's why I forgot. I guess I've. Yeah, I was shooting because you forced I it from come. your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, that was fun, and uh, and we'll do it again. We'll do it. He's bound to play. Yeah, he plays at least once a year on the East Coast because I've. Yeah. Well, almost. <laughs> yeah. That I'm we'll, aware we'll, of. We'll, We'll figure a thing out. Yeah, he somewhere. does benefits. He does a lot of benefits. He's a yeah. This one he's was a very generous man. He also yeah. This uh, one was for the Key Club, I think. Yeah, and he played a, a benefit in Massachusetts, I think, like two years ago, maybe or one year ago. And I, you know, I dreamed about going, but you know. Yeah. <sighs> what are you gonna do? Next time we'll figure it out. I hope so. One of us will make it a priority next time. How about that? <laughs> yeah. I had two gigs on the same day. <laughs> That's rough. After nothing for three months. <laughs> That's about right. That's uh, the way it goes. What are the odds? The if I worst. can only be that lucky in a casino once. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, John, before we go any further, I got a couple of things to clear up. Okay. Past weeks. Oh, great. Just tidbits that I found and that Jen found. Oh, cool. On our behalf. This is a new segment. Yeah, just kind of clear. Just, hey, this uh, this came up. It dawned on me while I was re-listening to an old episode, to last week's episode, where they uh, we talked a little bit about the headline, Hosses Asses. Yes, yes, on the um, back of the Evening Post, the Evening yes. New York Post. Or no, the Morning New York Post that the they morning got that Post. night. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And we were like, Hosses Asses, does that mean anything? We knew it we're had like, meaning. Well, yeah, it's, it's a pun on horses' asses. Which it is. That's all, <laughs> right. which it is. But we were like, what about Hoss? Is that a thing? And I said, no. I mean, not and outside Bonanza. Was, <laughs> right. And then as I was listening... Where my the Bonanza just... heads at? <laughs> well, they're probably listening to the Bonanza cast. <laughs> um, as I was listening to our episode back, it dawned on me that Haas is short for Jeff Hostetler, who was the quarterback of the New York Giants at that time. Ah. And he was their QB when they won the Super Bowl. In what year? Ish. 1990? Oh, wow. That, uh, that fam- I believe it was 90. Either 90 or 89. Oh. But yeah, the, uh, the year where they... Uh, where they beat the Bills with the missed field goal, the missed uh, last second field goal. <laughs> yeah. Do you know anything about that? Oh, that classic Metro North game. <laughs> that old interstate series where the team 200 miles north plays the team in the city. So two things. First of all, are you joking? I'm trying to make are a joke funny? on Subway Series that makes fun of the fact that Buffalo's very oh, far from uh, yes. New York. <laughs> it's a compliment. It's a listen. This would have killed uh, almost nowhere. Um, <laughs> this is very confusing. This is a confusing line of thought. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So yeah, Jeff Hostetler. Cool. There you have it. Hoss's asses. And then also, we're sorry. We're so yeah. <laughs> we sorry, should, everybody. We should we're, do that after every correction. We're sorry to the Hostetler estate. <laughs> and then Jen learned regarding also on the same. The same paper, I believe it was the same paper. It said, you know, uh, it was a different paper. That so this was the New York Post. Now we're talking about a headline on the cover of the New York Post that Regis held up. Yes, on his show within the episode of Mad About You. Yes, and that paper said it's back in regards to the Empire State Building. Yeah, and we said, what in the world could this mean? Where has the Empire State Building gone? Right. Well, in 1993, Jen learned 6,514 windows were replaced in the Empire State Building as part of the biggest window replacement ever authorized by the Landmarks Reservation Commission. (laughs) The fact that they had to put that qualifier on it makes me feel like there was some bigger window job that happened somewhere. There was a 15 grand window job. Are you joking or not? But I'm very joking. 
Yes. Because how I'm could joking. that not be a world <laughs> record? <laughs> well, it was behind closed doors. It was under the table. All these windows went up. Yeah, that's but probably it was against true, the, actually. It was against the Landmarks Reservation Commission. How ironic. Organized crimes yeah. behind uh, windows, mm-hmm. even though they don't mm-hmm. want anyone to see through to them. Ooh, look at you. Yeah. Cutting right to the heart. <laughs> <laughs> so that's... Uh, We're, We're sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is called Swept Away. Mm-hmm. It's season one, episode 19 of Mad About You. Yes. And uh, let's see. The last, I believe the last episode uh, premiered Saturday night, uh, February 27th, 1993. Yep. And Correct. this episode premiered May 1st, mm-hmm. Saturday, 1993. Mm-hmm. I guess they saw fit to take two months off. Yeah, that would have really bothered me. What if we took two months off instead of the week we sometimes take when it's all behind? <laughs> yeah, what if they were just like, guys, we've got editing problems and yeah. life happens. <laughs> yeah, they did a two-minute episode. Yeah, we'll see you next season. Instead, the cast of Mad About You will be doing an episode of Hat Squad. <laughs> of Hat Squad. <laughs> By the way. Jamie used to wear hats. Little... Maybe, <laughs> maybe she did. when she was she in the was... squad. I didn't think of the levels. This is unbelievable. <laughs> levels, Jerry. By the way, don't worry, because I talk about it in the mini episode with Gary. But, you know, I spoke to Paul Reiser after the show. I mentioned our podcast. And in the minute and a half that I spoke to him, you'll be pleased to know that I did bring up the hat squad. So <laughs> I had I had 90 seconds with the guy to talk about anything I wanted. <laughs> He said, what's your podcast like? And I said, great, Hot Squad. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you really love that show. (laughs) So I nailed it. Everything's great. Uh, So anyway, what was in TV Guide? How did they talk about this? Oh, listen, I don't know what's going on over at TV Guide in the spring of 93, but... I listen. I miss the old guy or gal, whoever was doing them before. I oh miss. Boy. It's not a bad yeah. one. This one's like I'd say a middler. Jamie figures out what's going on with Lisa and her new beau, and figures that they're moving too fast. I mean, what is this like colloquial? La- it's like just say Jamie's worried that Lisa is moving too quickly with her new boyfriend. John, you are leaps and bounds better. Well, no. All I'm saying is like whoever's writing these, did they not look at their old ones? At the old ones of this series and say, oh, I see the tone. I, I'm not even a good writer, and I can fix this. <laughs> I couldn't get a job writing anything. I couldn't get a job writing deli descriptions. I, <laughs> you know that job. <laughs> this, has become, this has become my favorite part of the show. Well, it makes me crazy. Because <laughs> I, I really admired how succinct they were, and now it's just like, it's like asking Uncle Harry, what, hey, what happened on TV last week? It's hard to watch your heroes fall. Also, why do you use the word figures twice in one sentence? How about thanks? How about change figures to thanks? Listen, I'll give them Bo because that's like period maybe. But And boyfriend's too much, I would say maybe, because then it's like Lisa got a boyfriend. But you know what a segment of this segment I love is? You always try to take my side, but then the reason you take it, I always disagree with. That's our that's our relationship and dynamic. That's our life together. (laughs) Me trying desperately to agree with you and you still finding fault with it. Well, no, that's not exactly (laughs) the dynamic. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that's what happens on the show. (laughs) Great. Love it. 
It is oh intriguing. It's just a bad poorly. It's just not as good. Okay, it's not bad. It's just not, not as good. Yes, room to grow. Yes, room for growth. Satisfactory. C. <laughs> we'll call it a C. Yeah. What happened on TV uh, <laughs> for the two months or whatever well, you looked at? I don't know. Well, look. Here's some interesting stuff about what happened on TV. Mm-hmm. I looked like I always do at what happened on TV that night. Oh right. Yes. Yes. And it's funny because it's true. Much well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Much like when when you're actually watching television and you'll just be like, ah, oh, this is on, this is on, this is always on. These <laughs> things become routine, whatever. That <laughs> happened to me with this Saturday oh, night lineup. Isn't that funny? Because I yeah, yeah. We, like things that I haven't You're not even watching on. the show. You're looking at the schedule. Uh, yeah. <laughs> from twenty four years at, ago. I'm just like, oh, Empty Nest. I, I don't want to so talk about I'm so sick of reading Empty I'm, Nest. I'm, yeah, I'm sick of reading the name Nurses. I don't want to <laughs> have to talk about how I read Nurses. Can I tell you something? But, I looked up the schedule at a because I was so curious to see what happened for two yeah. months, and I flipped through some weeks to be like, was there some weird special I didn't know about? And I got sick <laughs> of looking yeah. at the lineup. Yeah, I'm just like, huh, okay. Yeah. But it's, it's I'm also a little spoiled because Saturdays have been – I peeked ahead. And also looking behind, and there have been a lot of fun shows on Saturday, specials, you know, right. movie of the week. Yeah, the Noah's Ark stuff. scam. Yeah, yeah, and that sort of stuff is coming back soon. But this week, there was nothing great. I looked into Walker, Texas Ranger, which oh. I was just like, okay, this is fun enough. And we all know about, it's, like, it's, there's yeah, no discovery exactly. there. We, exactly. There's nothing super duper fun, yeah. except for that. I was just like, I always thought that Walker, Texas Ranger sounds like just a huge punchline and is ridiculous. I read the synopsis. I was just like, this sounds like a lot of fun. Let's have it. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I didn't write it oh, down. Oh, you mean it sounds because... genuinely good? Yeah, oh, well, then who not cares? necessarily genuinely good. I was just like, like I remember the Yakuza is involved. <gasps> so, oh, yeah. I want in. <laughs> exactly. Oh. But because I had such trouble with that, I thought to myself, hey, Russ, you haven't looked at Billboard in a while. Oh, great. You haven't looked at the music charts. Yeah. And John, always <sighs> trust your gut. Great. Okay. I looked at the music chart, and May 1st was the first day of a two-week run for the song Freak Me by Silk. I don't know it. Let me lick you up and down till you say you stop. Let me play with your body, baby. Make you real hot. That's it, baby. Where's the Freak Me come in? Because tonight, baby... I want to get freaky with you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That I one. don't know that song. It was number one for two weeks in a row. I missed it. It was written, here's the thing, it was co-written by Keith Sweat. Does the name Keith Sweat mean anything that to you? It does ring a bell. Have you mentioned him before? I have not. He's. I don't think so. He's an R&B singer. Okay. But the thing is, I was just like, man, Keith Sweat, what a name. Yeah. What a great stage name for a sexy R&B yeah, singer. for a filthy song. What? I'm like, and what did he change his name from? Let me see. Let me look up Keith Sweat. Oh, and get I hope it's like Asher Goldenberg. Name. Do you know what Keith Sweat's real name is? Give me one more guess. Well, now I'm going to guess it's like uh, antiperspirant. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is Keith Sweat's real name is Keith Sweat. Oh, that's funny. His dad's name is George Sweat. Sure. Well, like, yeah. It's his birth it's name. It's his birth name. I'm like, that's amazing. Sounds like he comes become... from a hardworking lineage. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Well, I like it because his dad was a factory worker. So he sweat oh, as well. Right. And I like I like the idea of his dad being like, look, iron my sweat your way. My, iron my sweat my way. 
you're going to earn your sweat another way. <laughs> it's, That's true. And then he's like, I'm going to sing songs about having sex with ladies, Dad. Yeah. He's like, there you go. That's my sweaty boy. Under hot lights. Yes, but that is not the most important song. Because before that, for seven weeks in a row, oh. from March 13th through April 24th. Oh, wow, okay. The number one song on Billboard Top 100 was Informer by Snow. I remember, is Snow the white rap group? The white rapper. Oh, it's one guy? From, one guy from Toronto, Canada. Okay. And he also did like a reggae thing. What was their big hit? It was that. <gasps> Informa. You know, sit down, no man, I go blame. I lick you, boom, boom, down. Take the man, I sit down, no man, stab someone down the lane. I lick you, boom, yeah, boom, down. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that wow. song, yeah, had incredibly fast lyrics that were also yes. done in some faux Jamaican patois, right? And the lyrics came so fast and were so unintelligible Couldn't that under- MTV uh-huh. scrolled them at the bottom <gasps> of the screen on during the video at a. Slower speed? No, just like they just played it. Well, it's probably a little hard to read, no? (laughs) Well, it's hard, but it's not impossible. Oh, Because I'll tell you what 11-year-old Russ did. You taped it, it, and you paused it. And then I pressed pause. You did the slow play. And I transcribed it, and I learned the whole song, (gasps) and then it became my thing. That's your karaoke song. Russ can do Informer. And when I was in fifth grade. Oh, no. Two girls <gasps> were like Russ. At the same time, we have a. <laughs> <laughs> two girls were like Russ. We heard you know how to do Informer. We have a dance to Informer, <gasps> and the talent show is in three weeks. This is how magic is made. So I wore some purple bike shorts because this is Ugh. this is uh, we Russ. All did. Yeah, this is Russ in 1993 in Long Island. <laughs> Long Island. Fifth grade, purple bike shorts, purple mesh top. What? With pink underneath it. Oh! A backwards hat R- that was like Russ. super bright pastels, little purple Lennon sunglasses. Oh, my Up on stage, gosh. the two girls dancing behind me, lip syncing my way through all of Informer for the whole school. You Place must have destroyed. Went nuts. Yeah. Place went nuts. Yeah. They were cheering Just, so loud they couldn't hear you sing. Uh, <laughs> Just a highlight of young Russ's life. Wow. Unbelievable. Tell me there's a photo or video that you are going to post. Oh, well, Dad got video, and I will absolutely... At least a photo. I will Come talk on. to him about it and get some stuff. Yeah, talk to your dad about this. it, see if he's willing to... For sure. <laughs> oh, he would definitely... When I mention this to my dad and mom, they will tear the their home upside down to find this for me. Oh, that um, is a gr- oh, amazing. Right place, right time. So fun and so funny. Wow. So you were busy these two months. You wouldn't even even have noticed Matt about you missing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Recording, I transcribing, did. memorizing, choreographing. <laughs> I probably didn't realize it. <laughs> yeah. So Snow was from Toronto. Informer. The song that I'm singing about in fifth grade. Yeah. That's about the informer is him. And it's about being a drug informer. And how he's a not narc? going to snitch. Yeah. How he's not going to turn informer. And... <laughs> Yeah, the first, the end of the first verse is about how, the whole first verse is about how uh, he got picked up by the cops and taken down to the station. Oh my gosh. When I reached the station, that's when they whipped down my pants and looked up my bottom. Bottom! Yeah. He says bottom. He says bottom. Uh, 
where the whipped out my pants, look up me bottom so and from. Oh, I see why you said bottom so, yeah. now. The onomatopoeic uh, qualities. Absolutely. Oh, I really like his work. A, yeah. A sa- <laughs> but yeah, so this is what I'm singing about. This is what sure. teachers In are going grade. nuts about. Yeah. In fifth grade. Were you do- were you able to do the words as quickly as him or, or closely? Well, look, here's two And where did you find a track without the words? Well, look, this, like I said. This is hard to do in 93. Like I said, it was I was lip syncing. So I could have right, done the right, rap, right? Sorry, okay, yes. but I was lip syncing. You were doing a watermelon, a um, little, uh... yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's also yeah, it's pretty funny to be like, oh, Russ, you know all the words, great. Well, how about you don't make them come out of your mouth? Well, sure. And instead, we'll watch you pretend to do that from a distance, fair. where you could also just go ba 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 fair, fair, and no one would know. <laughs> fair. But yeah, a really good time. So that's what was going on on the radio and television back then. Amazing. Pretty fun. Yeah, he wrote that song about a 1989 arrest for attempted murder, by the way. Oh, <laughs> wait, his, he, he, was, his he attempt, had charges yeah. pressed? He had charges for pressed attempting to murder someone. for attempted murder. The charges then got dropped to aggravated assault, and then he was uh, released. And then when the song came out, he was in the process of serving eight months for assault. So Snow's not a good guy. Wow. Yeah. He sounds like he needs to slow the lyrics down a little. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> a little bit. Take a look bit. in the mirror. <laughs> what was on? Uh, what was going on in the world? Oh, Dateline. Do, 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 do. Go ahead. April 25th, 1993. Blasts pop manhole covers. Oh. You know, on this show, we love it when New York lives up to the cartoon reputation that we all imagined it to be, <laughs> to have. <laughs> Underground explosions blew two 200-pound manhole covers into the air on a street in Morningside Heights, Manhattan. Yeah, baby. I mean, one pedestrian was injured. Fine. And uh, windows were shattered. Not 6,000 of them, but a few. Great. (laughs) (laughs) It's back. (laughs) It happened at, uh, oh, wow. It actually, well, I guess I shouldn't say the address now, but it happened very close to uh, where... uh, our first guest on the show lives. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's uh, barely That's mentionable, I guess. But to me, it's very cool. <laughs> well, it's maybe barely mentionable, but also to not give any any details about it. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh, this thing happened near someone who we once talked about, yeah, but won't yeah. specify any further. <laughs> well, it's a Interesting. place. It's an area I've been many times. So basically, they said the Con Ed guy, Richard Mulieri, said secondary cables under the street had sparked and burned. That during the winter, salt seeps into... The, so this is... I hope you're all taking notes. Salt <laughs> seeps into the manhole, which... <laughs> Uh-oh. What, what, what? Uh-oh. We're losing John. I am... Uh, okay. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. I'm being a, a five-year-old. So salt seeps into the manhole, (laughs) which erodes cable insulation. And that forms a gas inside the manhole. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I haven't read this before. (laughs) And uh, when the insulation is eaten away, you can get a spark that ignites the gas. So basically the street (laughs) farted (laughs) after an enema or something. (laughs) <laughs> Let's see. Oh, boy, this is a good one. Dateline. Do, 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 do. Go ahead. 20 held in Midtown Raid. Uh-oh. Oh, you better believe it. Reports from neighbors about cocaine use and sales at a Midtown Manhattan bar led to the arrest of 20 people on drug-related charges Friday night. 
Yeah. It's a bar called Possible 20. Don't know what that means. Oh, twen- that's probably a, uh, some sort of uh, police code. You think what the bar's 20? named what? after the charge that it was aspiring <laughs> to get? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what a 20. Oh, well, maybe. Oh, oh, like 20 or, bucks. Or is it, or... Could, could be that or could be. Is it uh, Is it about because what's your 20 is what's your location? There are, is this oh. like high minded? Like, yeah, where you might hey, be. Hey, where are we where are we gonna go? Yeah, well, this is this bars are possible twenty. No, Russ, I think if that is the case, I think this is one of the best bar names that I've ever heard in my life. I don't disagree. I also wonder if it's about like a whole bunch of fourteen year olds trying to get in, yeah, and then being like, "I'm twenty one, possibly." And the, bar, but, and the bartender's just like, "You're a possible 20. And then the owner was like, that's the name of this place. That oh, does it. That, that's <laughs> wow. I think this is, these are all great. Uh, guys, uh, <laughs> Russ has a retail fan fiction ebook also coming to Amazon <laughs> in the coming months <laughs> where he covers all sorts of hypothetical situations around all sure. sorts of, of names. Yeah. You just give me two word phrase and I'll tell you what <laughs> it might mean. <laughs> well, so there's another dateline that happened. In the same week, foreign drug ring arrested on raid in Queens Cocaine Warehouse. Eight okay. in Rigo Park, detectives raided a cocaine warehouse and seized more than 850 pounds of cocaine. It's a lot of cocaine. And arrested four people who were described as mid-level managers. Ouch. Of a drug ring. <laughs> yeah, that's things. Ouch. Yeah. Oh, linked to the Medellin cartel. Oh, wow. We all know Medellin from uh, Vincent Chase's. <laughs> Vincent Chase's. Big box office flop, Medellin. I don't like that guy. I don't. I don't think <laughs> <laughs> Vincent Chase and his friends don't seem like uh, they'd be good guys. I don't want to. I don't want to hang out with them. I, I, I them do, and that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want them to like me. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of coke. More than three hundred and ninety bundles were seized, each which had a wholesale value of at least thirty grand. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, oh, so basically the bundles were destined for processing. So, guys, I hope you're taking notes. <laughs> the Coke was uh, destined for processing centers around the country where it would be then divided into smaller quantities. And the estimated street value of the total seizure, $40 million. Holy cow. $40 million. Is there a paragraph on there about further details on how to process cocaine? Yeah. <laughs> That's the book I'm working on. <laughs> wow, they seized 150 grand also in cash. That's a lot of cash. That is. Two phones, two cellular phones. Wow. Back then? Beepers. Yeah. 1993 <laughs> cell phones? Yeah. That's you're talking two cell phones you're talking about $6,000 worth of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of which, what a segue. Well, okay, this one's interesting, okay? It gets a little sad, I guess. Dateline. <laughs> Don't dateline it, actually. I don't want to make light of this. <laughs> okay. Dateline rescinded. It just sounds fishy. May 1st, 93. Man carrying $100,000 slain in robbery. A man carrying $100,000 in cash was shot and killed at West 37th Street in Broadway yesterday afternoon in the midst of a rush hour crowd. Wow. Edward Hong, 31, apparently headed to his textile store that he owns at 1375 Broadway near 37th Street. With the money in a briefcase. A man approached him, shot him in the head, took the briefcase, and got in the car. Holy cow. Isn't that crazy? It's like that. Well, we, we go from cartoon to like action movie. Yeah. And so who walks around with a hundred grand also? And it seems like this person how, knew, and they never caught yeah, the guy. How, did, how do we know what was in the briefcase? How do we know any of this? Oh, you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. What? You're right. This does sound fishy. Wait, this. Look up this writer. I think <laughs> this writer's up to something. Can I tell you something, Russ? 
There's no byline. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is like a beat reporter, I thickens. guess. Yeah. This, Wait. We're, we're going to Woodward and Bernstein. Oh, no. This, he was pronounced this guy. We are still investigating. We don't have any suspects yet. Yeah. How did they know? Do you think they talked to wherever? How did they know anything? I don't know. Do you think they talked to the people that were waiting for the money? And they were like, yeah, we were waiting for him to bring us $100,000. <laughs> Which sounds like such a sarcastic New Yorker answer. Do you know what he had Some in the briefcase? Guys. Yeah, $100,000, I think. <laughs> Get out of so, here, yeah. cops. <laughs> Some, yeah, a couple of people were just walking around the street yelling, does anybody have $100,000? <laughs> Hello? Like, that guy probably did. <laughs> wow. I can't believe I didn't catch I, I know I didn't catch it. I was exhausted when I did this. Here's another darker one. Ex-fiance held in killing in hotel room. Ooh. This guy's fiance, a 24-year-old woman, was found in a room at a Midtown hotel, basically the Hyatt near Grand Central. Okay. She was found dead in her hotel room at 7.30 p.m. with stockings around her neck. Jeez. But it wasn't a Derek, David Carradine situation. The They checked. They, the article mentions it in the... Who does it? The coroner? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Or the medical... The Emmy, the medical examiner, right? The medical Quincy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Quince, Jack Klugman is checking for autoerotic association. <laughs> but here, okay, so I fell down a little K-hole with the guy who was accused of murder. I don't want to, I feel weird saying anything specific about him. Okay. I don't know if it's the same guy, right? But he has the exact but same the, name. But he's Patrick Ewing. <laughs> he has the exact same name, which isn't the most common name. And there seemed to be like a, maybe a gap in his resume during the period he went to jail. And we have a mutual... Uh, <laughs> Former colleague. Because <laughs> I looked at his LinkedIn. <laughs> John. Yeah, that's the closest I've ever come to uh, one of our stories, I think. Wow. I would say I'm as close to him now in degrees of separation as uh, Barnett Kelman with my cufflinks. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stop digging so deep. I know. This one, gonna, I hit bone this time. Yeah. You're going <laughs> to... Bad things... Please, John, if God forbid something terrible happens to you... <laughs> Because of our Mad About You recap podcast. I don't know no, how I'm going to live with myself. I know. It got scared all of a sudden. I was like, I feel like I'm in a rear window situation. Yeah. Where instead of looking across the street, I'm looking into the past. And my camera yeah. is the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of a sudden, a, 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 a landline in your apartment that you didn't even know was there is going to ring. And you're going to pick up and a distorted voice is just going to say, you need to stop talking about Mad About You right yeah. now. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be like, oh, you heard about the podcast? Shut up. <laughs> Shut your dumb mouth, Marbley. <laughs> well, sounds... always nice to meet a fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's another crazy one. This is the last crazy one. Tennis Great. coach. Okay, so this guy's name I'll share because this sounds like a famous creep that everyone should know the name of. I mean, the other guy, too, fine. But, like, he's living his life now and he paid it. You know what I mean? This guy killed him. This guy killed right. himself. Because he couldn't handle the guilt. Because apparently he was a tennis instructor in the Upper East Side at a private girls' school, and he oh, was a, he was I don't it, it's unclear if he was able to succeed in any of his disgusting endeavors, but he seemed to stalk a lot of the students yeah. and had prep. He had like a cabin upstate with like a bunch of weird stuff in it to basically hurt people slowly over like you know what I mean? God, yeah. This guy Gary Walensky. Jeez, yeah, that's what it said. He uh, tried to kidnap a former student and killed himself when it failed. Which, ugh. honestly, great. I mean, you know what I mean. That's, you know, but no, it, uh, you know, ugh. I mean, I know what you mean. You know what I mean. And what you, uh, I know, like, yeah, what you mean is you're glad he's dead. I'm glad he didn't hurt and me. That's a weird, <laughs> that, 
<laughs> and that's a weird thing to say, uh, but yeah, that's what you mean. I'm and, glad uh, he didn't ultimately hurt anyone. Okay, that's a better way to put it. <laughs> yes, and that's all I'll say about it. Now, final date. Well, okay, so there's an uh, it's an interesting story. It's not interesting, okay? It's uh, like 11 pages. I read half of it. But there is a, it's an interesting topic. So this older couple lives in Stytown, Peter Stuyvesant Village or whatever it's called, over in the, the okay. East Village, right across my old apartment. Mm -hmm. And, oh, I missed that apartment. They live in this apparently beautiful apartment. And uh, for those of you who know, it's a, this is a development that's very cheap. It's like okay. one of the biggest plots of rent-controlled apartments in Manhattan going back to, like, the end of World War II or something. In mm -hmm. fact... I don't know this to be true, but I'm pretty sure that Paul Reiser might have grown up in one of these apartments. Really? Yes. I believe he grew up in Stytown. I think you might be right. Yeah. And it, it goes from Avenue C to First Ave and from 14th Street up to 23rd Street. Next time I see him, I'll ask him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Paul, do you know if they shot any Hat Squad episodes in Stytown? Russ, <laughs> I'm so glad you asked me. Please continue to sit down at our long, lengthy dinner. <laughs> Paragon. <laughs> But they got in a fight with Metropolitan Life Insurance and Con Ed and their landlord and New York City because they had an old refrigerator and they wanted to upgrade. And there were strict laws on which appliances you can use in your apartment due to like uh -huh. how much power they would consume. Okay. And Con Ed was like, everyone was like, we're going to have to charge you more for your new refrigerator, even though it takes less power ultimately. Right. And then it's this long, boring legal battle. But isn't that crazy? Yes. But this is the exciting one, because I think this is a teaser for the next several episodes. Dateline. Do, 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 do. Go ahead. Two Dinkins rivals, Giuliani and Stein, woo donors hey. and fundraisers for Mayor Race. All right. In elegant hotels seven blocks apart, 1%, the two leading contenders to unseat Mayor David Dinkins held dueling fundraisers last night with Rudolph Giuliani. What a great man. Taking in another $1 million <laughs> for his Republican campaign. Andrew Stein and Andrew Stein reaping several hundred thousand dollars. Oh, wow. You've already lost, Andrew. I would have a series of cocktail buffets right? <laughs> he planned in the coming weeks. Oh, my gosh. The contrast couldn't be starker. That is bleak stuff. Oh, it's, isn't it, that The dramatic something? irony is delicious enough. And then to yes. watch it just, just to you don't need to know the outcome to know the outcome. Right. Though there was a middle part that a lot of, you know, I don't know. He fixed a lot of problems, didn't he? Uh, yeah, it's black sure. and white. It's not black and white with him, I think. It is now, but going back 20 yeah, years. Are, uh, well, look, there was... He was too tough on are, crime, I heard, from Jackie Mason. Because he <laughs> <laughs> he's got a whole bit about this. He was like, then you got Giuliani. Oh He'll gosh. put you in jail if you're guilty or not. <laughs> they say, what about well, the look, evidence? He says, don't mix me up with evidence. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we got a mayoral race to watch that's pretty fun i love it we've been waiting for this who, i would say who knows how this will, will will wrap up yes stay tuned don't read ahead don't read and forget <laughs> everything you've ever learned <laughs> okie dokie it's the time that we've come to when we've come to the time indeed the cold open Oh, or first, swept away. Yeah, I always now I'm forgetting. This episode was directed by Linda Day, mm -hmm. who we remember from uh, many episodes now. Um, it's another day night. Yeah. By the way, yeah. By the way, a friend and listener pointed out to me that there is a place, I believe, in Portland, Oregon, called Day Night Donuts. So where you were saying sounds like donut, doesn't it? And I was like, no. There's a place called Day Night Donuts. <laughs> Wow. I'm getting validated so. for things I don't even remember, <laughs> which feels great, by the way. Well, good. 
And this was written by Steve Paymer, who we love. Mm-hmm. Brother of David Paymer. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. by the way, well, this is a. I, I listen to. It doesn't matter. There's a great, great. podcast, guys. It doesn't matter because I don't remember the exact name and blah blah blah. But there's a two hour interview with Anthony Clark, who was on oh, Boston great. Common, in which Steve Paymer played a character. Obviously, we've played clips from that before. And it was interesting. Anyway, okay. Perfect. Cold open. Living room. Oh, Paul and Jamie. We got a little topical cold open. It's tax season. Taxical. Paul and Jamie are sorting receipts for their taxes on the, at the uh-huh. kitchen table. And Jamie, per usual, uses some um, tricky accounting. All right. Now, about this one, I'm absolutely certain we can't deduct dinner at Empire Szechuan. Why not? We discussed work. No, we didn't discuss work. We discussed my mother, if you remember. Remember, we got very heated and they asked us to leave? You don't, you, don't, you don't recall this? I think it's a legitimate deduction. How? If I hadn't gotten this off my chest, I would have been stressed out the next day at work. I wouldn't have been able to perform. I would have cost the company money. I could have gotten fired, gone on unemployment, and cost the government thousands and thousands of dollars. All right, I'll give it to you. Oh, that Jamie. Obviously, she doesn't really have a case. No. But this should be a case. I'll tell you who thinks that she has a case is one audience member who wanted to give an applause break after she got rid of it. Oh, boy. Yeah, this crowd was... Well, I don't know. Who knows when they taped it? What if they taped it, like, right after taxes were due to air, like, two (laughs) weeks later, and the audience is just like, yes! Yes, Jamie! Finally! Amen! Somebody's sticking it. (laughs) IRS, are you watching? (laughs) But yeah, so the uh, the audience, at least one person clapping and applauding, <laughs> cut, like interrupted the button for the scene. You can't hear Paul's last line of the scene that takes him into the opening credits. I'm sure you can. Because the audience is too hot. We all heard it. <laughs> and that's the sound mixing. That's true. That's not that's not the audience. Yeah, what do you think? Problem. It's just a guy with a microphone and they take what they get like we do? <laughs> Actually, we don't even do that. We got, we got a guy that's that true. makes it for us. We got a guy. We got a guy. So, yeah, we go into uh, scene one. That's a lovely little cold open. Yes, I like it. Scene one, living room. <laughs> Welcome to the dramatic reading of this episode. <laughs> Jamie is helping Lisa get ready. We open, for- on, yeah, we open on Jamie, <laughs> a blonde, mid-30s. Uh, helping Born her sister. Born Jamie Stemple. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's helping Lisa get ready for a date. And Lisa's trying on one of Jamie's hats that she used to wear. Mm-hmm. Before she got married. Yep. And it is the most hideous. <laughs> and her life ended. Yeah. <laughs> uh, her sex life, at least. <laughs> it's the ugliest hat I've ever seen in my life. Ouch. Right? Everyone's it doesn't even look like a normal hat. It's not a great It hat. looks like a thick, felty, like... <laughs> Am I wrong? You know, you didn't have a... I wasn't... It didn't bother um, I you? Wasn't, I wasn't too thrown by the hat. Oh, Lisa says she looks like Auntie Mame. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe I take more notice when people wear things that are supposed to be nice uh, when they're supposed to be nice for the period. And I look at them and I'm just like, that is a hideous thing. Whereas this right. is supposed to be an ugly hat. So it is. It went without notice. I'm the opposite. Interesting. Yeah. You're like, boy, that ugly hat is an ugly right. hat. And I'm like, oh, that yeah. ugly shirt was attractive at the time. So I like it. Yeah. <laughs> 
See, John, that's why this podcast works. <laughs> I, you know what I miss? I wish, I wish there was more of now, and there's not. I love all these little musical references on the show. The, the yeah. Can you imagine any yeah, sitcom they... now making all these musical references? It's not part of uh, our social uh, dialogue as much as it used to be. It's probably well, it's probably not. Uh, I mean, look, everybody and their mother did a Hamilton thing. Oh, but, that's uh, true. Actually, you're right. But but no, but, but that was so topical. Look, yes, Hamilton. Yes, there's a difference between Hamilton in 2015 and 2016. Yeah. Versus anti mame in nineteen ninety three. I guess there were more Hamiltons back then. You know what I mean? Maybe. What do you mean? Meaning there were more musicals that uh, people were talking about. Meh, I don't know. Well, Maybe no, it was just records. I... People listen to records more, and they were cast recording records. I don't know. I think. Well, there are a few things. First of all, <laughs> I think that people went to the theater more a while ago. Probably. Also, it was the golden age back then. And yeah, people, uh, anti mame would have been more of a touchstone for people back then than a 20 or 30 year old musical would be now because right. the musicals of the past yeah, then 10, big 20 the years have not been huge. Yeah. It would be that, that being said, if somebody were to make a, you know, a Seasons of Love reference on a television that's show true. now, You're right. they'd get it. But that's maybe the only thing that I can think of. What a serious, cogent analysis. That's why they call me Mr. Cogent. <laughs> what a boring it's a bummer. show that would be. It's a, yeah. it's a bummer of a nickname. <laughs> what's, the, Very... what's the first thing you think of when you think of Russ? He's uh, cogent. What do you... <laughs> People used to call me tepid, so it's a step in the Wait, right direction. Wait, did they really, or is that a joke? No. <laughs> Thank no, God. I did not. <laughs> oh. Get tepid on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, Jamie's, they're in the living room looking in their big, beautiful mirror, and Jamie's running back and forth from there in the bedroom. Oh, wait, I skipped ahead. Whoops. Okay, so Auntie Mame, she's wearing an ugly hat. Oh, we find out Lisa's meeting some guy yes. for the date at 8 p.m. at, mm-hmm. I guess, a show. And uh, she's being her usual cynical self. Right. She's like, oh, if I'm lucky, it'll last through intermission. Yeah, she doesn't feel good about it. She's not uh, much for dating. And Jamie or feels she great dates about a lot it. And, yeah, she says she feels great. Yeah, Jamie's she's probably, excited. I, she, she maybe, do you think she's putting on a face for her? I mean, a little, because we get that reveal at the end of the scene. But I yeah. also think she is, She's. I think she's nervous. But to me, it feels like the nerves are coming out of her excitement for the date. There's something about this date that feels different, it feels like. Okay, I, I'll, I'll buy that. I don't know. So Paul sure. comes in while they're doing the clothing thing uh, from Walking Murray. And he's lecturing him. Right. They're in a little fight, Paul and Murray. Yes. <laughs> That's very funny and silly. And they're fighting like a couple, a little. Right. Like classic. Murray, <laughs> Paul's giving it to Murray a little bit. Yeah. And then when Lisa gets in the way, Paul's like, he knows what he did. <laughs> so Jamie's running back and forth between the living room and the bedroom with new dresses for uh, Lisa to hold up. And uh, Paul finds a receipt in his pocket he can deduct. Yes, for anything. For anything. <laughs> anything, yeah. by God. He's really determined in this episode to find deductions. Yes. Which I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not like, I'm the opposite. Me too. I'm just like, here's what I've got. That's it. Right. Sorry. I don't want to push the, the envelope. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. make any waves. I have a great accountant. And this past year, a few weeks prior to tax season, I got a ticket on the subway for I was coming home after my new team's first... Like a first, police ticket? Like a police ticket. On the Got subway? On the subway for putting my legs up on the, on the seat. I didn't even have my feet on a seat. This was at 1 o'clock in the morning. That is insane. In Manhattan. Was it crowded? No, right? It, it was not. It was 1 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. Boy, and this I cop's get a, got they, nothing better to do. <laughs> They really didn't. So they flash a, a flashlight on me. A they, flashlight? I come off. Yeah. I come off. He's like, you know what you did? I'm like, 
yeah, I guess I had my feet up. He's like, yeah, that's right. You, uh, you, what kind of trouble are you getting into tonight? I'm like, no trouble. Oh. He's like, what kind of trouble do you get into? I'm like, I don't get into trouble. Only imaginary I'm... trouble on stage, depending yeah. on the suggestion, yeah. officer. Yeah, right? <laughs> and it's just like, oh, what kind of trouble? Well, I mean, look, you just saw me with my feet up on a subway seat. So who knows what kind of craziness I'm up to on a regular basis. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm like, I don't get into trouble. I'm a good guy. He's like, okay. You got any uh you got any tickets out there? I was like, No. He's like, You ever have a ticket? I was like, No. And he looks at me, he's like, You never had a ticket? I say, No, I've never had a ticket. And he's like, Oh, all right. Uh well look, sorry, man. They're making us crack down on this. And like his whole demeanor changes. Oh, come on. They're making dude. us crack down. He's like, So I gotta give you this. He gives me a ticket for fifty bucks. Uh everybody who I tell that to, they're like, You should have contested it. I'm like, I just wanted to pay it and have it be done. Yeah, I get So that. I pay it. Then I go to my accountant. Somehow, this story comes up. My accountant says, I am livid. I am furious. We're going to get you your money back. Wow. <laughs> and she finds and she finagles. And she do, did? Do, 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 do. She got me 31 bucks back from the state because she was so mad. 31? The state was like, yeah. we're keeping 19. <laughs> well, no, she was, she was just like, she asked me a couple of questions. And depending on how I answered them, she was just like, oh, okay. And she's like, all right, I got you 31. She's like, I'm tempted to go back to try to get the full 50. That is amazing. It's pretty great. Well, that is a heck of an accountant. She's the best. Wow. I love her so. <laughs> that is an insane story. It was great. Oh, I thought it was very cozy to have all three of them in the apartment. Yeah. You know, it was I, nice. I, I it like, felt like a family. <laughs> I like those moments a lot. I said to Jen, I like this episode. I like this episode more the second time I watched it. But there were a bunch of moments, and not even moments, long stretches, wherein the scenes were two people, you know, were Paul and Jamie talking about Lisa for extended periods of time. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't always make for compelling either drama or entertainment, just like two people talking about a third person who's not in the scene. Sure. Like, we're taught not to do that in improv. You know, like well, that's, that's yeah, sure, that's true. And uh, look, improv is the pinnacle of comedy. Well, improv's made up though. So <laughs> we know Lisa. Yes, that is true. Very well. That is true. Sure. Look, and you know what? The second, like I said, the second time I watched it, I liked it an awful lot more than the first time. But yeah, that was my feeling in, in general the first time around. Not what I expected you to say. You thought I would just love it top to bottom. Yeah, I was expecting a compliment in the middle of that speech, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait, no. Oh, I see. It's a note. There's not one. Yeah. It's a note. Yeah. Couple notes, guys. Uh, Yeah. So Jamie Jamie comes back in with another dress. It's a black cocktail dress, um, and she's Mm -hmm. worried it's too revealing. Now, this would look great on you. You think? Yes. Tell her. What? No, you're right. It's too much. Well, not necessarily. I'm telling you, we're going for a look here. Sexy, but not slutty. Interested, but not desperate. The Madonna whore thing. Exactly. Hey, don't knock desperate and slutty. She's tried it. Oh, yeah. Yes. I love how they just call out the Madonna whore thing immediately. Yes, very funny. And I love that they call it out. <laughs> yes. The whole uh, sexy but not slutty mm-hmm. is uh, very... Uh, part of me... Do you think if this show, if this episode were to be made today... That you could say the word slutty a hundred thousand times? And have it be such a negative. I think there's a lot of slut shaming in this episode. And I don't think that Jamie would do that today. Uh, you know what, Russ? That's a very interesting question. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I really I, don't know. I, I can see I both could see, sides. I could see, like, even later where, what is, uh, oh. Listen, they soon, say slut on this show like it's. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. 
and soon Jamie's going to say, tell, you know, she's going to ask Paul to tell Lisa uh, what guys think when girls, girls when women, out, yeah, put out on the when first women, date. When women give in on the give first in, date right. is what she says. I'm like, Jamie, gross. Come on. Well, we'll get to all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I got a lot to say about that. Yeah. Uh, we find out she's going to the ice capades. Yes. Which, ugh, I don't want to go to that. <laughs> Well, you're not invited. So. <laughs> so we find out Jamie really thinks this guy's a lot of promise. Yes. And Paul's curious. Apparently they met at a boat show. <laughs> yeah. What were you doing? I was working. What were you doing at the boat show? Working. <laughs> doing what? Pointing at boats. <laughs> she makes such um, surprising choices sometimes that are yes. so satisfying. <laughs> and she's she so, so right. She's so great. Yeah. She murders every single she scene you. she's in. Yeah. It's always really surprising. Fun yeah. When you expect her to be honest, she is subversive. And when you expect her to be subversive, she's honest. That's why we call you Cogent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, we get to this whole don't sleep on the first date. Please promise me you won't sleep with him on the first date. Oh, I won't. Oh. Yes, you will. You always do. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> you know what they say uh what is that expression what expression you know with the cow cow oh thanks no 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 no, no. you know what about cow? sleeping with the cow for free milk i don't know that's disgusting will you tell her what men think when girls give in on the first date yippee <laughs> mm -hmm. i hate that yippee joke oh yeah it's it, uh, it's, it's like killed it's it's very silly it's and so of the time weird and it's so of the time like that i feel like i remember a lot of moments from this episode i don't know i don't know how or why but i remember that joke from a long time ago you mean yeah wow yeah i'm not sure if i saw oh, this so episode this is recently. a special one for you i mean special enough yeah yeah i remember i remember yippee and then there's a huge laugh it got. Yeah, at the time um, you were like, that's too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was trying to memorize all the words to inform her. I look up, I heard that laugh and went, nah. This is my friend Russ Fader. He could give you, give him a scene in a sitcom. He'll do the laugh, the laugh track <laughs> that they use. Any scene, any scene, I mean. I've got a lot of talent. Forget what I said earlier. I've got a lot of talent. So Jamie, they I guess she settles on what she's, I don't remember what, wow, that's funny. I didn't even notice what she ended up uh, going with. No, no idea. She's wearing, she, wears her, she gets a dress, I guess. Yeah, she gets a dress, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Seuss, she gets a dress. <laughs> Jamie wishes her luck and walks her out the door. And the second she's gone, we find out Jamie's worried. Yes. So yes, it has been a bit of a put on. But I do think it's a, she is genuinely excited. I think you're right, too. I think that's correct. So next scene, we're in the bedroom that night. Mm -hmm. Paul is fast asleep. Jamie yep. is wide awake. And it's that classic yep. are you up scene. Mm -hmm. Except Jamie's different. Resettling. Yeah, Jamie's resettling herself again and again, trying to wake yeah, up. Yeah, like she wants it to be organic so that also, he doesn't know Paul's she woke wearing, him up. Paul's wearing a T-shirt. Jamie is wearing a very long sweatshirt. Isn't that great? What's the temperature in there? What's going on? Oh, or do they that's just, so realistic. Uh, different... They just have different body temperatures when they sleep. Yeah. Like uh, every. Yeah. Makes sense. Every time. Like everybody. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, makes sense. I found this to be true. I think this is true. At least in my experience, I always am hot in girls who like, especially like when they're at my apartment, you know, like we're hanging out or whatever. 
mm-hmm. it's like the Arctic, and they're always like, "Do you have a blanket or coats or like?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm hot." Christina is always much colder than me. Yes, much colder. Look, so I thought this was like a nice cold. little touch. I don't know what to tell you, man. No, I'm trying asking. not to say, but it's uh, in my experience very true, <laughs> and it makes sense though. Because you I, ever notice? You ever notice? That uh, guys will sit there. Guys sit down in rooms like this and they fan themselves <laughs> with their hands. Whereas <laughs> girls sit down in rooms like this and they chatter with their teeth. <laughs> Just a few differences oh, that I've noticed. I want to see the world through that guy's eyes. <laughs> so she bounces on the bed real hard. Yep. And that doesn't work. So then she knocks something over on her nightstand. <laughs> and he wakes. Mm-hmm. He immediately snaps up. Wakes up. Oh, like what a the hell was, that? was there or something. Yeah. Yep. And once he's up, Russ. Okay, so once he's up, mm-hmm. they talk about why Jamie's awake. Yeah, what's, what's going on? She's sleeping with him. Oh, would you stop it, please? I'm serious. My sister and I are very interconnected. It's like a psychic bond. She's having sex right now. I can feel it. How is it? I watched this episode with Christina. Yeah. And we were both so uncomfortable. <laughs> That's funny. I hated this scene so much from top to bottom because it was so weird and gross. It's pretty weird. It's pretty gross, but it's also that's interesting to me because this also feels the kind of wacky that I would think that you would say this bridges the line between wacky and Don't you don't uh, know realistic. Me. No. No, it's just you disgusting. Just, you just fing- you just finger wagged me. That's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. So basically, Jamie can feel Lisa having sex, and then Paul wants to know yeah. how it is. It's a weird. I thing mean, come too. on, there, Russ. There's, there's a lot of weird. Then things. we get more. Hey, wait a second. If you can feel it when she has sex, you know this takes a huge burden off of me. <laughs> so Jamie can feel a, the pleasure. You get a hacky smoking after sex joke. Uh huh. Yeah, oh, we get all the we get all the things, but so mm-hmm. is the the idea is that Jamie can feel Lisa's uh, nerves, right? And that yes. takes the burden they, they, off Paul. Jamie and Lisa are like Elliot and ET. So, right, ugh, which is fine, <laughs> which is great, but except why uh, except talk- Elliot, except Elliot and ET never had sex in ET, right? So. Yeah. So uh, then we learn about you know Jamie. So all these jokes are happening. This discomfort is right. happening. Because, you know, they got, they're just sisters, but they got the, like, twin thing going on, you know? Right. And she tells a story how Lisa hurt her toe in school, and Jamie felt it, and Paul doesn't buy mm-hmm. it. And then we get into Jamie's fears about Lisa. You, huh? you, you are going through this scene so quickly. Oh, slow it's me hilarious. down. Slow me down. <laughs> it's so, no, it's fine. There's nothing that I need <laughs> yeah, to say. Yeah, It's just so funny how you back up so much for so many things, and this you're just like, all right, then he yeah. says five jokes, and she's funny. She tells a long story. Ten minutes go by, and then we're Ugh. out. Okay, Murray shows up. I mean, and- <laughs> I wish I wish the dog would come in. Maybe they'd stop this weirdness for a second. <laughs> so we get into Jamie's fears about Lisa in general with regards right. to how she handles relationships. Why is my sister so dumb? Why, how, how is she dumb? She falls in love like it's dish night at the movies. If they're not if they're not deadbeats, they're crazy. If they're not crazy, they're married. If they're not married, she's not interested. What, what does that mean, dish night at the movies? <laughs> People went to the movies, they gave them dishes. Why? Because it was the depression. I, I love how you know things. <laughs> 
always getting hurt. I just can't stand to see that happen. Oh, God. What? It's them again. <laughs> so soon? Good for him. <laughs> this was the sweet moment in this scene to me. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love how you know things. I like that, too. Uh, yes. That was very, that was very, very sweet. Dish Night. Did um, you know about Dish Night? I did not. It's so That's... real. I found a, Is it? a man named Zach's. I mean, it's obviously because it'd be crazy if they made that up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, yes, I got this great idea for a joke about people giving dishes away, but I, I just don't know how to make it seem realistic. And someone's like, what if they did that during the Depression? <laughs> what if uh, dish night? Yeah. Great. Okay. Uh, this guy named. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll make up a depression <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, they made... made up depression facts. Yeah, right. You know, in uh, 1860. <laughs> <laughs> but I found this like slideshow of mm-hmm. promotions centered around movies, I guess. Movie theaters and banks that happened during the depression, written by a guy who uploaded it to academia.edu, whatever that is. <laughs> Basically, I'm looking at some stranger's PowerPoint, but they're an academic, Great. so I trust them. <laughs> sure. The Makes two sense. biggest promotions back then were Dish Night and Bank Night. Huh. And they said uh, women were 60% of the audience, usually in movie theaters, and dishes were a symbol of social status, and they would boost attendance on slow nights. The average cost of a dish was two to 20 cents. And uh, these dishes would lure patrons back to the movies to try and collect the whole set. Makes sense. It, it, Very thoughtful. This is interesting, though. Monday's, Monday revenue, according to this person, <laughs> without dishes, a movie theater might make like $50. Okay. With dishes, 300 Wow. Yeah. So, and once you deduct the cost that's of the so dishes, smart. it's 140 So that's that's... That's a 200% increase. That's insane. Good thinking. I know, right? We should be giving dishes away for the podcast. <laughs> Tweet at us. Yeah, let's Tweet at us if China you want a brand. dish. Uh, so Jamie thinks... Oh, so yeah, Jamie has another one of her thingies since... My tone changed. <laughs> my tone changed dramatically. Oh, so... Yeah, one of her dumb twin <laughs> things. Uh, she can feel Lisa falling in love. Right. And I guess all of this talk makes Paul uh, Randy, so he makes a move, and then they do it, I guess, and Lisa must yeah, feel it. I think he's sure. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, he's trying to get her to stop talking, right? Or, I don't know. Yes, yes. And down. I wonder how many. Yes, I wonder how many different. If there was ever a version of the script where they were just like, "Are we going to make a joke about Paul having sex with both of the sisters at the same time?" Ew! Oh no! wonder do you like this scene? You're <laughs> disgusting. I ah, come on! Ugh. Don't you Gosh. shame me? Look, is it that far of a leap? No, that's why I hate the scene. Yeah. No, that's a great pitch, Russ. <laughs> it's a great pitch. If that was, if this show was on now, that would be in it. I think. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. A, that's a great. See, that is the I'm perfect so joke to make in that disgusting scene that I hate. <laughs> well, thank you. That's the highest compliment you've ever given. <laughs> we cut to riffs. It's brunch. Yep. This is another what bre- buffet breakfasts at a bar. Is this a thing that it's happens? Very confusing. It's very confusing. Russ, there are a lot of weird. Yeah, right. There are a lot of weird shots and camera angles in this episode. I'm just gonna say I, it. There was a- I, this episode's nuts to me, and I didn't enjoy it that much. <laughs> I enjoyed it enough because I watched it with my girlfriend. It's the first we've watched together in a while, Aww. and I hate uh, this episode. So I don't hate it. It's just so weird. <laughs> it's a weird one. Yeah. We were sitting in a different section from of riffs than we've ever seen before. Yeah, there's a weird camera angle in Paul and Jamie's bed where I swear it, they put a camera on a crane. I'm just <laughs> like, like, there's this weird aerial shot, 
And I was like, what is happening? Well, that's not unusual. It seemed unusual. Well, no, I mean, it might be an unusual shot, I think, but I think the cameras are usually on cranes in uh, studios. I guess that makes sense. Like, anytime sense, you see the behind was... the scenes of a TV show, they're usually on, like, big cranes, right? I guess that's true. It was weird, is what I'm saying. It was. So I agree this, with you. For this a different reason. Cable. <laughs> 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 you don't sound like you agree with me, John. <laughs> yeah, we're at the corner table that's like a um, half booth, half seat. That, well, no, we're not even at the table yep. yet. Let's talk about the weirdo buffet that's in the middle of the bar. <laughs> that looks like an it looks like a church potluck. It's weird. It's like aluminum foil uh, tins with like nondescript looking food in them, and also the yeah, table's these... very short. It's like there's four dishes. I know that uh, that Lisa's with them, and Lisa is uh, chronically underemployed. Yes, these people make too much money to be getting this breakfast slash this brunch. Strong agree. Yes. Oh, and also Fran's there, which is nice. Yeah. She's in the buffet line. She, they don't talk, but right? Or does she talk? Right. I don't think she talks. I don't think so. Yeah. Good to see her. Good to see <laughs> Good to see you, Fran. So, yeah, they walk over to their weird table, which is half booth, half seats, and we find out the guy. Yeah. I'm just laughing because I'm realizing that you've spoken, you've spoken about as long about <laughs> the buffet at Riffs as you did for the entirety of the sex scene. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we find out Lisa's uh, guy's name is Michael. Yes. And Jamie's Jamie's now worried. You get the vibe that Lisa really likes this guy. And Jamie is now switched from like excited mode to like worried mode. Yeah. And she's she's looking for all the red flags because apparently this guy's from England. So first thoughts, it, green card. Yes. it's uh, And I guess this is a typical thing that happens sometimes with people where they're she's excited for her sister in theory but then right. when it becomes something real it becomes oh wait no because then it, if jamie jamie's a control freak right and if the balance of what she is normal changes then she can't and she can't control the scenario and the situations she's not going to like it so she's vulnerable so she starts looking for ways and reasons that this is a potentially bad thing right well put yeah yeah it's what i do oh then we find out that um he didn't compliment the dress that she wore to the ice capades. And Jamie and Fran are like, that's right. a red flag. Very Because they're like, that is such a great dress. Everyone compliments yep. it. What's wrong with this guy? Yep. <laughs> and then Paul and Mark enter from their obligatory romantic comedy basketball game. We play basketball. Which all men do in New York City early so in the weird. morning. Yeah, they play pre-breakfast basketball. Yeah. Which and, honestly and sounds great. And then they great. don't get changed. And then they don't get changed afterwards. Yeah, they just they put show on their heavy game. denim and trench coat coats. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so Mark's complaining about the game. I was wide open under the basket. You were not wide open. Wide open like a prairie. I saw no prairie. All you had to do was pass it to me, a little layup. Boom, we would have won. I'm under the basket, wide open. See, that's exactly why I didn't pass it to you. What? Because whenever you shoot a layup, you make that, that dumb sound. Just go, yeah. No, you are wrong. You are, why do you talk? It's a very embarrassing sound. Thank you. I'm sorry. With 10 minutes left. 20. Yep. He was wide open like a prairie. Ugh. I wish that was my ringtone. Like a prairie. He's so funny. He sounds that like George basketball in basketball sound. He does. He does. That's very true. Like a lot. The bat. The oh. layup sound yeah. that Paul makes of him. What is it? That's yep. another one of those. He's just like, yo. Yo. Yeah, it's so and weird. Yeah, it's very weird, but it's also that's another one where when I remember this episode, I remembered that layup sound. So you remember like onomatopoeic Y sound like yes. phrases from this episode? Just basically, yeah. 
<laughs> Interesting. Is it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it could be Take it back. if we dug into it, but I don't think we should. <laughs> I don't either. So then Fran put. It's very sweet. She puts her hideous sweater over Mark right. to soak up the sweat. Yeah. And then, then this is what I love because this this is why I don't think. Listen. Oh, this sounds crazy too because I was say this is what I love because this reminds me of me. <laughs> But now he goes he goes from complaining to bragging. You should have seen me out there. I was phenomenal. I mean, I'm pushing Ken Sullivan all over the court. You know, and this is a big guy. You know, I mean, he's a dentist. He was phenomenal. <laughs> also, he's intimidated by dentists. Yes, that's true. Which is so big funny. Big guy, a dentist. Because also, it's like, Mark, <laughs> you deliver babies. Yeah, like, I, in the doctor, a- like, order of... Whatever, he's the bigger man. Yes, but I'll bet that OBGYNs get a lot of flack from, especially men in other fields. You know what? I bet you're right. And if that's the case, yeah. that is the most insane. Ugh, I can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't with men. Man, these fake men that we've invented sure are jerks, right? Yeah. These, these, yeah. these fake misogynist doctors well, that we've you're probably created in a our little too heads. close to home, though. <laughs> I think you're probably right. <laughs> So Lisa excuses herself to go put on makeup, yes, which is very, very not typical for her. Mm-hmm. And that freaks mm-hmm. Jamie out a little. Yep. Lots and lots of questions, which Paul responds to each of them with, so what? She's putting on makeup. Oh, that slut. <laughs> makeup for Michael. So what? So she never wears makeup. So what? All of a sudden she's wearing makeup? So what? What are you, Robert De Niro? <laughs> what, is that cause of the so what? <laughs> this feels like Seinfeld a lot to me, too. Absolutely. Right in a weird way, almost. Mm-hmm. Also, Picking on the minutiae. Yeah. And like the Robert, De, him not getting the Robert De Niro and having to clarify. Yeah, I love that's a it. fun weird thing. Yeah, but it's a, like, does he uh, say that a lot? So I don't, rem- I don't think so. I, that's the thing. That's my favorite part of it. I think that Mark is right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but at the on, on the flip side, you know, everybody else is laughing about this inside right. joke, and Mark, Mark isn't in on the joke, and he's made to be, you know, he's he's made to be uh, made a fool of. And yet he's more correct than anybody else. Right. I don't remember Robert De Niro saying that. I mean, I could hear it, but I don't, not in anything specific. I could just imagine it. Like, so what? Right. So what? Yeah. That's my impression of Robert De Niro. So what? It's killer. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that last one, you know, the first two were pretty good. That last one was not good. I lead, I lead into that. <laughs> so, so what? So what? <laughs> I'm Dr. Evil, as played by Robert De Niro. <laughs> So, okay. Oh, oh, boy. Now, if you've been paying attention to this episode, you're thrown for a real loop when the waiter comes over and hands Mark and Paul menus. <laughs> Good question. Great point. Just an implicit, <laughs> oh, you two are obviously going a la carte. <laughs> <laughs> and here's, here's, you know, this is very funny because here's what happens here. They're looking at the menu. Paul looks. He says, do I like eggs Florentine? And Jamie knows she's no spinach. Yeah. And those are the moments that I love. The real little aside moments. Yes. That are insignificant and yet perfect. And I think that that is very funny given our dynamic in the podcast. Whereas you love all of the you're just like you, you break things down to the littlest thing and you'll go down all of these rabbit holes and you'll you know make mountains out of molehills and i'll be like john what are you doing what are you crazy then i'll be like hey you know when paul said do i like eggs florentine and jamie said no 
That was my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> that and yippee. <laughs> Do I like eggs, Florentine? Mm-mm. It's spinach. Mm. I know my sister. The higher she goes up, the harder she falls. It's too fast. You don't know. Maybe she'll marry the guy. Yeah, right. Maybe. How do you know? Listen, maybe she'll end up doing her laundry at his place every Tuesday night. See? This, this guy could end up being our savior, and then, then she will be out of our hair. Water out of my hair. Well, that could be your problem. What is that supposed to mean? Nothing. You know, just... She, look, she survived for three years before you were born. But she had no direction. No direction. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... They get into that that little tiff there, yeah. Which I love because it's like it's like I mean you must have loved this because it's like the most almost imperceptible smallest tiff on TV to me at least. It was like you know what I mean. It was like it was like a conversation about a thing that was like almost could have maybe been a little hostile, like the sarcasm yes. was just on the other side of hostile, and I loved it. Right, they're very good at that. Yes. At- Taking things, you know, how many times on the show do I say, this is very close to being a big fight, but it somehow is. Yeah, right. No, you're right. Also, I, there's no real jokes in that in that conversation, no. but it's very no. realistic and satisfying. They just got real. So then Lisa comes back, and we get a little physical humor here, a little set piece, a little uh, Steve yep. Pamer set piece. Beautiful. She's got these big old fake eyelashes. Yep. And now, okay, so this is weird to me. I feel like in this moment, we go from Seinfeld to Friends. Yes. You look beautiful. Things. What's the matter with your eye? I don't know. Could be in Patigo. <laughs> They're false eyelashes. Oh. Why, don't they look good? No. <laughs> oh. Beautiful. Look beautiful. Right. Look beautiful. Right. beautiful. Uh-huh. Good. You're not just saying that, no, are you? No. You look beautiful. The way, I mean, it literally, if you swapped them out for the cast of Friends during the... Oh, no, yeah, right. like it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's That's not amazing. Very, that is it's very good. Weird how ingrained these rhythms are in our brains. Now you are being astute. <laughs> Don't talk to me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you've touched the face of God the way I do constantly. <laughs> you finally oh flew God. a little closer to the sun <laughs> where I live. We'll get there. Good job. <laughs> Gold star. Well, that, the next what what happens next, I bet, is uh, we, well, I mean, I, we freaked out on our end. Lisa's boyfriend finally enters, Michael, mm-hmm. played by Charles Shaughnessy, a.k.a. Yay. Well, he is Mr. Sheffield from The Nanny. Mm-hmm. But, but I knew you, there was a but. I don't know what it is either. Know, no. Do you know? Okay. So. So here's another little thing about me. When I was real young, kindergarten and before that, my mom mm-hmm. used to watch Days of Our Lives every day. Oh. And Charles Shaughnessy was on Days of Our Lives. He played a character named Shane. Sure. And so that is imprinted that is on ins- me. That is insane that when the nanny came out and you were in like third grade, you were like, oh, yeah. Days of Our Lives. <laughs> Yes. When the rest of us John, are like, oh, a British guy. It's not even that. When I saw this episode of Mad About You That's yesterday. That's what you thought of first? My first thought was, oh, it's Shane. Wow. And it wasn't until talking and thinking a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah, he was also on The Nanny for oh, all those years when I was gosh. a person of age. Right. <laughs> wow. Isn't that nuts? That is, n- abs- that is incredible. 
<laughs> I don't even. That's amazing. Did you know this about yourself until this moment? Until until you watched this episode? I mean, I knew that I knew him from Days of Our Lives. Well, I guess what I mean is, did Jen react and, differently and then point out to you how unusual how more how unusual it is for people our age to have the reaction you had? Well, I didn't say all of that that I just said was internal, and Jen said. Oh, he's, it was, she was like, oh, it's Mr. Sheffield. And I had to be, and in my head, I was just like, oh, right. Oh, my uh, gosh. That's and, then I was, and then I told Jen everything that I just yeah. said. And she was like, that is bizarre. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> wow. But then again, she's pretty used to my insanity. Oh, when it sure. Comes to this at this point, yeah, it's old hat. <laughs> so he sits down, and then he and Lisa drop some news. Mm-hmm. This is Michael. I'm so pleased to finally meet you after all this time. It's been a busy week. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm late. I was talking to the movers. Where are you going? Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't you tell them? I was waiting for you. Tell us what. We're moving in together. I'm you sorry. You know what? We're very, very happy for you. <laughs> They're moving in together after a, what sounds step. like a week. Big step. Moving fast. Moving, I don't know. Moving too fast. Probably moving too fast. I don't care. They're not even. It's not my relationship. <laughs> you know, people. You always, guys can do whatever you want. People love dictating uh, relationship rules to other couples. They sure do. You know, they sure do. Well, it's like, what do you know? Unless you've been happily, yeah. you know, settled in a relationship for forever. And even if you have, like, your relationship is not their relationship. That too. But that, I would say though, you might be able to give a little good advice if. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like when they ask the oldest, the longest married couple at a wedding for advice right. at a wedding, I'm like, oh yeah, sure. I mean, oh, fine, you guys listen can. to yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> we're at a wedding. They seem pretty good at it. So, what? But you know what? Things can get pretty risky when it, when that's the thing. Because if you're you run the risk when it's the oldest married couple of being like, what's your secret? And then being just like, well, first you both have to be white. And... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I suppose that is a risk you run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's another great little joke pitch for, for another episode. <laughs> it really is. Oh, man. When Mad About You comes back on HBO, I'm going to be a, a head writer. <laughs> <laughs> so we're into the next scene, scene four. We're in the kitchen now. Yeah. And Jamie is cooking. Mm-hmm. As per usual. Yeah, as per usual. The cooking with these people is so funny to me. Yep. I'm I'm surprised she's just bad with pre-made food. <laughs> like if she had yeah. had to make that lasagna from scratch in episode one, it would have been easy. You're, I'm sure you're right. Yeah, cakewalk. Yeah. Paul would have helped. They would have made the... <laughs> cakewalk. Yeah. Wait, what is that? Say again? Cakewalk. What is that? Oh. <laughs> that rings a bell. That uh, Something in my head like went off. Uh, it's a little bit of comedy bang bang regarding the cake boss, Buddy Velastro, Paul F. Tompkins' character. Oh, the, a yeah, tiny, that's not a what tiny I, I nod know. to him. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, it's. Uh, I'm like, that's what I was doing. You were not doing that because you do not like that show. Oh, okay. That's. I mean, listen, <laughs> we all, we all, yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, we all like. I, it. <laughs> I just never got into it. Okay. <laughs> I understand. That's fine. I respect it greatly. It would love to be on it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Point. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. So Paul walks in. He thinks he's got another deduction. Mm-hmm. Video rentals. Not deductible. Absolutely deductible. I'm a filmmaker. So? So, you know, if I'm going to stay on, you know, competitive in the market, I got to know what's going on out there. I got to be on top of it. So it's like it's like an educational expense. Mm -hmm. What did you learn by watching Pumping Irene? <laughs> 
Nothing like a good old pumping iron reference. Love it. It, it, well, did you? Hear, I mean, it's a pumping iron joke. Yeah, that's what I meant. Pun. I get it. I yeah. know. I know she didn't say iron. <laughs> okay, I was just making sure that you picked up on the not so subtle, <laughs> but also pornography joke. There is no way that Paul ever rented a pornographic film, let alone watched no way. one. No way. There is not a chance in hell no that this ever happened. Nope. Not a possible thing. But you know no what? Way. Sometimes you got to make a joke. <laughs> and if he did, the idea that it would then be like, oh, yeah, this is going to show up on your joint oh, account. Oh, my gosh. On your joint bill. <laughs> yes. This scene is a hypothetical that he would be rambling about in another episode about him renting an adult film. Yeah. If he did rent an adult film, uh, he would he would move to a different city where that video store chain was no longer there. He'd st- like if he rented it from a <laughs> Wait, blockbuster. What? If he rented Pumping Irene from a blockbuster, sure. he'd be like, I'm moving to Topeka, Kansas, oh, where right. all of the video stories wow, Russ. Are, <laughs> wow. are Hollywood. You put, you really put yourself in this situation. I am nothing but confident in what I've done. <laughs> because, in theory, the clerk would, when he pulls up his account, see that in the past he'd rented Pumping Irene? Is that the idea here? I don't know. If it's the same Anyways. chain, therefore he would have to switch chains. Yeah, that's a switch change. That's right. Also, though, you know there were more than one chain in New York. Like, you didn't have to move states to get to a different video store chain. <laughs> no, you did. No, it's not true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I think you're I think you're being paranoid. <laughs> am I am I complicating things a little bit? <laughs> so Jamie is making hors d'oeuvres for Lisa's. I guess I guess in 1993 people had moving parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As opposed yes. to getting their apartment into tip top shape to get a safety deposit back. They have a huge rager where they trash it and move. (laughs) One more kooky aspect of this episode. Not to mention the fact that she's just like, yeah, I live in a slum. I live in the sticks. Everybody come over and I guess I'll entertain you. Well, I mean, that sounds like anyone. (laughs) That's not not abnormal. I'm sorry to disagree. I guess that's true. Anyone who lives in the, in my opinion, when I lived in New York, if you lived in Brooklyn and threw a party, I was mad. (laughs) That's true, too. You know, it's a schlep. There's a there's a great little bit of business here. A wonderful Murphy bed joke. Wait, you're way ahead. Have we not gotten there yet? No, we're still in the kitchen. Oh, uh, we're still in you're the kitchen. You're already at the party. I got to the party already. We I know. I know. Well, we don't get there too in time. We're going to be late. It's true. Oh, there's a great joke about I love I love these and they don't do them as often now. And I love when they do this. When they talk about like Lisa's past, we find out Jamie's making all these hors d'oeuvres for the party because she doesn't trust Lisa throwing a party because in her bridal shower, she just had soda and gum. That's a funny bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> and also now Jamie's being like very critical of her new boyfriend. Yes. Did you notice all the way through brunch how I kept using the word actually? Actually, Lisa and I love Indian food. Actually, we took the Crosstown bus. Actually, I prefer Siskel. What was that? <laughs> and then the way he kept hogging the ketchup, it was just weird mm. <laughs> i he's love a proto yeah he's a proto mansplainer yeah yeah that's a hundred percent like as i know it's supposed to come off as like a benign thing she's criticizing but i was getting annoyed <laughs> yeah just All imagining that it. stuff i'm like oh oh you jerk yeah. you're the worst also like half the things he's actually that don't sound like corrections. Yeah. Like that's just, true. he well, only that's... speaks in that structure. Yes. I that's guess that true. is mansplaining though, right? Yeah. 
You, that's also you true. Say you teach what people know already. In what a people know, yeah, way. for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, he prefers Cisco. But Paul doesn't. Yeah, Paul doesn't have. Yeah, he's that's fine. <laughs> I used to too, till I could read. Right, basically, yeah. Cisco wrote, right? He must have. He, yeah, he's a critic for the he other did. paper. They both. Yeah, they I both never wrote. have read a single Cisco review. You better educate yourself. I'm fascinated. I will read a Cisco review. You ought to. If Bro, anyone, bring it in next. Week. If anyone has any great Cisco reviews that they know of, send them our way. Yeah, please. Please do. Hashtag great Cisco review. <laughs> well, how am I going to be able to find the tweet if we use that I... hashtag? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that trending hashtag. Oh, it'll just open up a treasure trove. <laughs> <laughs> she criticized the way he was hugging the ketchup bottle, which is funny. <laughs> Paul has had enough of Jamie's hyper criticisms mm-hmm. and has a very funny bit of business, physical business, where he talks about how she said he said at one point, he gestured with his hand and said, excuse me, miss, could I please have some water? And then Paul just blinks like he can't believe it. Wait. Oh, I but just had a vision. Being... Did that blink remind you of a moment in You've Got Mail where Tom Hanks does some kind of eye flutter too about like acting fake incredulous? It didn't, but I can absolutely see Tom oh, Hanks. Oh, I'm doing having the a same strong thing. vision. <laughs> <laughs> I need to journal about that. You do. <laughs> you just shook your you just shook your head as though you had been hit by a truck <laughs> of driven by Tom Hanks fluttering his eyes. Uh. <laughs> So then after this, Jamie takes a huge roast out of the oven. Enormous. And Paul goes to toss a water bottle that he's been drinking out of. And Jamie tells him he should recycle. And they Mm -hmm. have this little thing about recycling. And he's like, I miss throwing things out willy-nilly. Yeah. (laughs) Which I feel like is so topical. It's true. This is the start of all of it. It's so relatable. Because we all miss throwing things out willy-nilly. I don't anymore. But at the time, I remember feeling that. Just like, I don't want to You have to think about every... Yeah. You have to think about every little thing, yeah. You know what I love, though? What's up? I'm going to make this distinction. It's a topical joke, right? It's of the time. Okay. But it's not a reference. It's behavioral. Okay. So you like that this is... It's a behavioral topical joke. Yes, it's in the zeitgeist. Well, not in the zeitgeist. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I, I'm with you. It makes it more interesting, I, I think. I like this, too. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah. Uh, guys, I think it's a great show. <laughs> so they're going back and forth about Lisa while Jamie wraps Saran Wrap over the food. And uh, oh, we find out Jamie's shrink hung up on her. Yeah, that's a funny from, thing. From talking so much, yeah. <laughs> so then we go to the next scene, scene five. Later that night, we're at Lisa's party. We made it. Guys... I know it's been a while, but I think we got a little sweepstakes on our hands. Ooh. Can anyone figure out what avenue that exterior is? <laughs> no, really, because there's one short, there's one one-story building on the block in that scene that looks so familiar. And it's distinctive enough that it would be possible to figure out or recognize, maybe. Get on it, everybody. So, rise, guys, rise, rise, rise gals. gals. Let, let's figure this you. out. We need you. That's a sweepstakes if I ever heard one. It sure is. This is a tough one. We'll mention your name twice. In one episode. Yes. (laughs) Don't get carried away. (laughs) So Lisa's running hors d'oeuvres around like a caterer. And uh, one of her guests is on the phone crying, which is fun. (laughs) It feels like an abbreviated version of the Annie Hall party scene. Yes. Oh, that's a very good point. So, oh, this is, I think this is a day night shot. I think Linda's the only one that's been doing these on the show, at least. And I love it. Because we start on one end of the apartment with Lisa. 
and we oh, follow and we her, across, and yeah. as we follow her to the other side of the apartment, Paul and Jamie enter the frame. Yeah, you're right. It's, I love when she does this. It's the you same entrance as the wedding. That's right. Wow, it is the exact same because he's holding a tray too. Yeah, Lisa's the caterer visually. I like this. I'm. Uh, this is very. You know, I I have not always had the highest uh, respect for. TV comedy directors and uh, and you're you're yeah, changing. Yeah, normally that. Russ is really taking them. Oh, taking I rail a big on, dump him. on him. Yeah. Take him to take him to test. He has no respect. None. <laughs> Just but, uh, point it and shoot. No, I. <laughs> you got three cameras. What's itself. so hard? I can do it with one. <laughs> <laughs> so they come bearing tons of food, <laughs> and mm-hmm. Mark and Fran are behind them, and yep. they're missing something. Yes. Hi there. What's my brisket? I gave it to the guy in the elevator. He was carrying a knife. <laughs> oh, how silly. What, uh, it's so silly, but whatever social exchange, ha- how how did Mark give away the brisket in an elevator without Fran noticing? <laughs> <laughs> like she, it's a great question. She doesn't know what happened. Also, the implication she that would... Mark sees a knife, so he's like, I guess if we give him a brisket. Here, take the brisket. <laughs> That's really funny. And but, I, oh, yeah. Russ, have you had her brisket, though? Oh, unbelievable. Oh, it's to die. Unbelievable, to die. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Jamie, now here's the bit you love, and I love, too. It's one of the fun- yes. I think it's one of the best jokes in the episode. Absolutely. Jamie takes their uh, coats. Yeah. She says, I'll put the jackets in the bedroom. <laughs> they walk across the apartment. They open a few doors. In the wall is a Murphy bed. The bed folds out. And she puts <laughs> the coats on the bed. Folds the bed back up, closes the doors. Applause break. Brilliant. So good. Yeah. Really funny. Like worth building a Murphy bed on the set just for that joke. That's immediately followed by Paul saying, uh, this place is different. Why is this place different? And Jamie says her sofa was repossessed. Oh, that's, that's a pretty right. great joke, yeah, too. Is. <laughs> it's fun to see where she lives. It actually reminds me of my apartment, my old apartment. Oh, yeah? Well, not the size because she lives in... I mean, granted, her apartment's the size of Paul and Jamie's bathroom, but that's a high compliment on this show because it's also the size sure. of Buckingham Palace. That's true. But in terms of, like, the grates on the windows, and it, even though it's big, it has a cramped feeling, and it just reminded yeah. me of my old place. I think you just miss home. Yeah. Anywho, so the whole scene... Oh, yeah. Were you expecting, Michael, there to be some big reveal in this scene about Michael? Um, Or no? Like a con not man? Necess- or Not necessarily. I mean, they kind of get around to something. They do eventually, but like I, the whole but time I was on treated, edge and it never came. I don't think I was expecting anything at all. I was expecting it to be just like, you know, I'm a fine guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're talking about Shane here, too. I mean, exactly. It's that so maybe, hard to know, imagine anything. Uh, what a prince. What he an was, unblemished so. record. <laughs> if you knew, if you knew about how he stood up to Victor Kyriakis. And uh, how he was the antithesis of Patch when Patch and Kayla were a thing. Patch. <laughs> Patch and <laughs> Victor all, Kariakis. These are all real. <laughs> hey, Patch. Yes, Vic. <laughs> Victor Kariakis was the bad guy on Days of Our Lives, the bad guy character. Oh, I know. Greek mafia, and, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when he, like, I saw, I saw that. He's a guy who I saw that actor in something else like two decades later yeah. and i had seen him in nothing else and i was like oh my god it's victor Curious. <laughs> uh, wow i love it oh oh i just feel like in this next moment he really makes himself seem like a good guy yeah 
So, um, what time should we be over to help you move? Oh, no problem. It's all taken care of. Oh, no, no, no. We'd love to. Honey, if, if they don't need us, they don't need us. Oh, they need us? No, no, really. I've hired a mover. Oh, you still need to pack. It's under control. Let us help you pack. Well, honey, they, they, they've got professionals. And as much as I'd love to, uh, they're telling us no. <laughs> what kind of hosts are we? Let me get you something to eat. Stay away from the quiche. <laughs> He's a good guy. Huh? Yeah, he hired a mover. Yeah. Oh, but also, I this moment I reminds me of the wedding too when the woman comes by mm-hmm. in the clip and says, "Stay away from the quiche." Yep. Very funny. Uh, very silly. Who she's played by? Ka- so there's two guest stars in this episode: her, Kayla Carr, and mm. the other guy <laughs> who comes in later. But uh, I couldn't find anything particularly specific or, or noteworthy. Their IMDb profiles, which is our main source usually, uh, were a little thin. It seems like maybe they had uh, multifaceted careers. In fields sure. that don't necessarily uh, have databases <laughs> about every person that works in that field. <laughs> but this was played by a woman named Kayla Carr. And uh, that's Good happy to have you, Kayla. All I have to say. <laughs> oh, she was. Uh, Great. Yeah, I feel like she's. Because normally it doesn't matter. She did work on the 2014 Billboard Music Awards, though. So speaking of Billboard. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, Kayla Carr. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're, you know all. You know the uh, production From staff. The Billboard Awards. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Great, great, great. So. Mark and Fran come over after mingling for a bit. And this is the beat where we sort of like learn about the different party guests. You know, we, we, yes. we learn about Lisa's friends. We, we learn about her friends, yes. Did you know your sister is friends with a grave digger? Yeah, Alice. Fascinating girl, and what a grip. Hey, Jamie. <laughs> oh, hi, Erwin. Hi, Spats. <laughs> Fellas, these are our friends Mark and Fran. Erwin's a uh, ventriloquist. Nice to meet you. Hi, saw your lips move. And they are terrifying. Yeah, I mean, a female grave digger named Alex, mm-hmm. which, oh, because your brain, it's like, it's like your brain's in a pinball machine in that quote. There's a lot in there. It's so, it's because <laughs> first it challenges your idea of grave digger gender. Right. <laughs> right. Drilled into your head by Hamlet. Yes. Classical casting of Hamlet. I would love to see a Hamlet with a female grave digger. Oh, maybe before we're dead. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to hold my breath. No, me neither. Unlikely. But then, named Alex. Again, it's like, oh, what a great name choice. Almost deliberate. Literally deliberate. It was a name that was invented. (laughs) No, I mean the androgyny of that name. Right. Okay. Yes. It's ping pong, Russ. Pick up a paddle. (laughs) Table's warm. Oh, man. Look, I'm trying to play ping pong with you on your side of the table. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) No, no. Yeah, right. I know you want to play ping pong, but I don't want to play on this table. Um, So that that other guy, that voice you guys heard (laughs) is the guy that just walks over who's uh, a ventriloquist. And he introduces himself. Uh Uh-huh. As himself, as a person. As himself. And uh, and Mark says, "I saw your lips," which is so. This is really funny, and I love him. This is the first time he's ever genuinely annoyed me. Oh yeah, where I just want to be like, Mark, you idiot. (laughs) Get it together. He does it so. Ugh, he's so satisfied when he says it. Uh, And that guy was played by James Sudik, who oh gosh, well under known for. Oh my gosh. Under known for on IMDb, it just says Chase the Slut. <laughs> oh my. He's he was the set decorator and co-producer on the legendary comedy 
Chase the Slut. Yeah, by the way, you sound surprised. Chase the Slut isn't a war epic. It's a comedy. <laughs> what happens when Tib, the pretty rich girl, dares Chase the Slut to seduce Gabe, the good virgin? The last thing everyone expects. Chase the Slut falls in love. Oh, no. Now, I know what you're going to say. John. This was a long time ago. I know society was different and worse, and they don't make movies like this anymore. This was 2010. John, you're wrong. That is not what I was going to say. Do you know what I was going to say? Uh Uh-uh. We have to watch Chase the (laughs) Slut. I don't want to hear a we in there. Knock yourself out. (laughs) Let me know how it is. I will. I found a review. (laughs) Carl picks up... Wow, I'm sorry. I didn't realize this was going to be so... I didn't look at this until now. Don't worry about it. Let's get back to the episode. No! Kevin (laughs) Chase the Slut has slight hints of Kevin Smith's clerks, but not enough to give the film the boost it needs. Interesting. And it's definitely too early. It's 9 a.m. I've just arrived at... Ugh. Russ, like me, are you sick of gonzo critics? (laughs) (laughs) It's 9 a.m. I've just arrived in Edinburgh. And it's definitely too early in the morning for a film all about sex, sex, and more sex. This is the worst Hunter S. Thompson impression I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> anyway, chase the slot. Don't miss it. Our little ventriloquist <laughs> friend here was a uh, co-producer and set director. Can't wait. Also did it at China Beach. We all know that show. I'm a, I remember that Great. show. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Who cares about it? I just wanted to chase the slot now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Where were we? Uh, we were oh, Paul yeah. saying, you think everybody was so sure about me when we first started dating? Listen, you think everybody was so sure about me when, when, when we started going together? Yes. Really? Yeah. No kidding. Everybody loved you. Everybody loved me? No, but, but, like, but what was it about me that they loved, you think? No. Huh? Well, just, yeah, but I mean, could you be specific? I don't know. Come on, just try. Try to remember. He loves compliments. Oh, loves it. I love when he lights up at a compliment. That switch just flips and he goes digging. Yeah. So fun. So Jamie and Paul bring Mark a glass of water, right? Or a drink? Mark is is handcuffed to the radiator somehow. But also, like, the time that's elapsed between them talking to Mark and them walking over to Mark is like 20 seconds. Yeah. So somehow in 20 seconds, he got handcuffed to the radiator with Fran right there. Well, that is true. But look, here's how that could completely happen. Please, some stranger. Yes. And look, it's going to sound flimsy, but it's also pretty believable. Okay. Some stranger comes up to Wait Mark. Wait till you hear my theory. This stranger says, hey, could you come with me for a second? Mark goes, oh, sure. <laughs> he walks over. The stranger says, hey, could you put your hand right here? And Mark goes, I don't know why, but okay. <laughs> he puts his hand there, and then he's locked to a radiator. It's a little flimsy. I think his first response totally to come with me would be, where are we going? <laughs> I think that's a valid theory. I'm wondering about what's up with Fran. Well, this is a very thin theory. It doesn't make any sense. It's mostly just a comparison. She seems real out of it tonight because she's not noticing okay. a brisket that she made being given to a mugger in an elevator. Yeah. And she's not noticing her husband getting handcuffed to a radiator. And I feel like she's as checked out as what's her name from Angels in America. So you think Fran is popping pills? Yeah. Yes. I think she's okay. in Alaska right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why can't I think of it? Was it Mr. S- not Mr. Snow? I do what not was, remember. 
Yeah, it was Snow, the, to... the rapper. Was it Snow? Yeah, it was <laughs> Snow, the rapper, Take Me Away, <laughs> as performed by Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I can't remember the character's name. Oh, it's but okay. Anyway. Everyone, uh, sweepstakes. Yeah, sweepstakes. Who was the uh, the figment of Harper's imagination? I know in, there are multiple uh, angels people of America. Who listen to in this? Who know America. the answer? And I'm yeah, mad at too. you. This is, this is an actual sweepstakes. Oh, not... whoa, whoa! <laughs> yeah, what's the prize for this one, Russ? <laughs> John will say your name four times <laughs> oh, in one episode. Yeah. It'll be like Candyman. <laughs> so, Michael, uh, we come back to the... I guess we don't need to point this out, but it's a studio apartment, in case anyone was wondering. Right. So, Michael sets up a little table to lay mm-hmm. the food out on for Paul and Jamie to sort of sit and eat. And they get to chatting, and Michael drops the bomb. People don't believe in love at first sight. I think it belongs in storybooks and fairy tales. After Fiona, I never thought it would happen again, but... Somehow, I suppose the angels were smiling down on me. And uh, Fiona would be... That was his wife. She died. Oh, I'm sorry. Lightning. (laughs) Lightning? That's unbelievable. Well, at least she went quickly. Who knows how long Amanda drifted out at sea. (laughs) Amanda being... My second wife. You remember that big flood in Scotland? Hmm. So, oh, so there was Fiona, then Amanda. No, no, no. Fiona was the third. Amanda was second, right? Right. Yeah. So, so the the first wife would be Delia, bull run at Pamplona. <laughs> Finally, a guy who likes to do things. So he maybe kills his wives. Yes, but probably not because yes. they all died in probably not. They all died in different ways. He's just bad luck yes. more more than anything. More, I yes, I think that's it. Yeah, more bad luck than anything else. Yeah, I this this felt forced. Oh, interesting. I'm okay, like I'm okay with it, but like you said, you were waiting the whole you were waiting that whole scene or the whole episode for something to be really wrong with him, and it never really happened. And so they kind of were just like, uh, uh he has three uh, his three wives died. Yeah, like I guess I'm almost like, well, just make him not weird at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this and especially because it doesn't change the outcome. It gives them an right. extra. It gives them a little bit to joke about. Right, because it's not like Lisa. Yeah. Lisa doesn't hear this and then go, "I'm not going to be number four. I'm out of this relationship. I can't believe it happened again." Yeah, it would almost make Jamie look more um, more irrational, which is I think what yes. we want in the next beat. Uh, right. If she's this panicked about something super benign. Yes. Yes. Instead of legitimately being like, I don't know what's up with this guy, but it's an X Files episode, and also maybe don't go out with them. <laughs> they go out to the uh, yeah, her, his three wives. Fiona was struck by lightning. Amanda was lost at sea, and the first wife before the other two, Delia, was killed in a bull run in Pamplona. And Lisa, and yeah. yeah, Lisa says finally a guy who likes to do yeah. things. Pretty fun. Great. Now Paul's a little worried. <laughs> So, yep. and he sort of said he cues Jamie to go talk with Lisa. So they go out onto the fire escape, the two of them, and they pass Mark, yep. who's still handcuffs. And he just right, he didn't fit. That's <laughs> and also, funny. Russ, FYI, yes. Fran is just mm-hmm. gone now. Yeah, he's handcuffed, and she's nowhere to be seen. What was up with Fran in this episode? She's doing some lines in the bathroom. She <laughs> must, or lithium. <laughs> I don't know if that's... I'm not great with my drug references, but I think that's right. Yeah, 
Uh, no, I don't. But uh... oh, oh no, yeah, yeah, that might be an antipsychotic, right? Yeah, that's exactly okay. what it is. Well, her whatever zonks people out. Well, I think lithium can have that side effect. What leaving your husband trained to a radiator? That's a side effect. <laughs> so they're out on the fire escape now, and they have it out. Right. Which I I I, I love. A lot of these episodes. Are, end in like the adult version of the, the way full house episodes end that's very true and i love it it's not a this dig, one definitely but, does that yeah yeah so jamie thinks michael's a symptom of lisa being bored right basically right she's like trying to she's trying to yeah jamie says you can get your old stuff back or you can go back yeah. to school and get a better job right take here's a class how to, here's how you can better yourself right you don't need this guy right and then she's like, remember when you, you know, she, she, Jamie has this memory of Lisa having all these aspirations. Right. What happened to you? You wanted to be so many things. You wanted to be an eye surgeon, a, a rocket. When? When we were kids. That wasn't me. That was you. No, I'm too short to be a rocket. I told you that. You wouldn't listen to me. I wanted to be a rocket? Yes. How did I end up in PR? Stop worrying about me. So Michael had a little run of bad luck. No, Custer had a little run of bad luck. Michael... I can take care of myself. Well, you don't know what you're doing. I do know what I'm doing. I'm giving up a crummy apartment where I spend most of my life alone and I'm moving into a beautiful loft with a wonderful man who loves me. Walk up? What? Is it a walk? No. So there's an elevator shaft. Oh, would you <laughs> stop? It's fine. I'm just going to sit by and wait till you wind up under a glacier. Stop being my big sister. I'm older than you. You do these things without thinking. That's right. That's how I live. I just close my eyes and I leave. Yeah, well, I'm running all over town with a net. Who's a net? <laughs> a net. A net versus a net is oh. so, I mean... Steve Pamer, boy, Steve Pamer, they say they say a great artist leaves his signature on every masterpiece. And I would say a joke like that is your signature, sir. Bravo. And boy, could I look at it all day. Bravo. And oh, and the delivery. Helen Hunt knocks this it's out of so the park. It's so weird, like uh, jarringly realistic. It's so good. Delivery of the dumbest really line good. in the world. Ugh. <laughs> uh. So then so Lisa good. figures Bravo, out a way to get her point around. across with the little twinsy thing. You always say you know what I'm feeling. What am I feeling now? I don't know. I've never thought you feel this before. <laughs> I'm happy. Oh, my God. You are. Right. I love how she says I'm happy also. Yeah. It's like boat show. Yeah. It's like just uh, it feels very um, personal. Sticking it to her. Yeah. 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 And uh, Jamie's just kind of got to sit with it. Of course, then she kind of undermines it at least a little bit by saying, you know, when Jamie says, how do you like being happy? Lisa's just like, I don't. Yeah, why'd they do that? I don't know, really. I think the intention of that was to make a little just like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, Or this is so weird right now, but it's good in the long run. Yeah. But that didn't quite, I don't know. Those those, Felt um, forced a little. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. But regardless, that's how this scene ends. <laughs> yeah, there's no no arguing with that. Right. So the next scene, it's uh, later that night in the kitchen. Jamie's Jamie's chowing down yeah, on hors d'oeuvres. On her, all of her hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres. She's chowing down all of her hors d'oeuvres. And uh, Paul comes in groggy, like he just woke up in the middle of the night. Yes. To get like a glass of water or something. Mm-hmm. And Jamie says twice as many people. She's reading. 
something. Yep. And she says she tells them twice as many people are hit by lightning in Ohio as they are in New York. Yep. She's reading actuarial tables, mm-hmm. which you know what? Christina had an explanation and I forget what it was now. But my first reaction was like, where did she get actuarial tables? Except calling up her assistant <laughs> on a Sunday or whatever and saying, fax me. That could be exactly what she did. Jamie's a crazy person. Yeah, right. She would totally do that. There, there's maybe a more realistic way, but there there's is. also that way, which is not beyond her. I've never read an actuarial table of you. I have not. I've seen them. They're massive and complicated. Yeah, because there's so many possible outcomes. Yes. Of a life. Yes. Ending. <laughs> And it's such an old-fashioned way to store um, data so yeah, like they, that. yeah, they see a couple of different things on the tables, on the actuarial tables. They make a little joke. Uh, they, yeah, he points out one out, of, one out of 2.3 million people are killed by locusts. Oh, that was interesting. Yeah, one, one out of 2.3 million people are killed by locusts. and Or locusts. Right. Excuse me, plural police. And he says, I didn't know they still had those. And I thought... The audience was actually just going to die from how hard they were laughing at that. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they they like that. Why? They like that joke a lot. I guess it's so relatable. They're like, they're like, oh, it's from the Bible. Well, how often's a locust? We know about the Bible. Because there is a locust plague that descends upon parts of the U.S. at least, like every like fifteen to twenty years, I think. And I do yes. remember living through one when I was a well, kid. Well, those are the fifteen to twenty year thing is, is cicadas. Which are different. But like barely. Colloquially, they're the same. Barely. I agree. Colloquially, they're the same. But then again, one of the 10 plagues is not cicadas. So there you go. (laughs) I wonder if one of these things had just happened and people were really responding. If you said that, if you went to a church or a synagogue (laughs) and you said, and who could ever forget the terrible plague of the cicadas, it would not go over too well. (laughs) They head to bed. Oh, and we get one more twin joke. Lights go off. Ow. Did you stub your toe? No, my sister did. (laughs) Yep. Cute. Yes. Least gross joke of that whole bit. (laughs) The show feels like we've gotten into a pattern where... Are you talking about our show? show... (laughs) No, no. no. (laughs) For once, I'm not speaking in a meta sense about our own show. But no, I'm just like, I wrote a note about how I'm like, the show feels real and the characters feel lived in and established and legit. I just, I'm like, the buggy, buggy, bug scene mm. of them yeah. know, kissy talking That's to long each other done. feels like a lifetime ago. Yes. Granted, it felt weird at the time, too. But I'm just like, if they were to try that now, the audience would stand up and boo. Yeah. They would throw things. <laughs> I would love to see That's that happen. That's not what this show is. On any sitcom. If just yeah. stuff started flying onto the soundstage from the audience. <laughs> this was a weird tag. Just an yeah. evening shot of Central it, Park. Well, you know what? Yeah. I don't even know if it was Central Park. Because the Empire State Building was like very clear. It wasn't Central Park, was it? it? I don't think it was. They just they tilt down from the sky onto a scene of New York. And they just sit on it. And that's it. That's it. I was expecting to see people. Or places thing. or thing? Well, we saw a place, I guess. There were no nouns, and there were no, right. no people, no places, no things. For a second, no I was animals. like, "Oh, is it the ramble?" <laughs> no, <laughs> that would be because also didn't Angels in America? I would love for this episode of Mad About You to just didn't Angels in America come out in ninety two? Gay hustling. <laughs> I mean, it has before. 
Maybe. I think. Was it 92 okay. or was it later? I have a few theories I want to throw out there. Obviously, the seed one. I also think, <laughs> you know, the seed obsession. I also think there's someone has a subconscious obsession with Angels in America, someone on staff. I'll bet you're right. And I think it's bleeding into, into the writings very, very slowly. I'll bet you're right. Yeah, you, you think that Roy Cohn was a script doctor on this? <laughs> yeah, the real Roy Cohn, who loved the play <laughs> and said, I want to put elements of this play into your show. Also, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but as we learned in the play, that's no... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. No obstacle. Not an impediment. No. <laughs> anyway, wow. Success again. Great. Yeah, I'm not going to quote Borat. <laughs> it's hard not to, though. I am. No. My wife. Oh, um, so... <laughs> that, I know that comedy bang, bang, bit. So, Rise Guys and Rise Gals, thanks for listening. Yeah. It's nice to be back and to talk to you one more time. We have things going on. I've got shows on Tuesday in the city. At the Magnet Theater, my team is called Squash. We make up musicals. You should come see us. John. Yes, stay tuned for a plug from me sometime in the next uh, year or so. Uh, (laughs) So until then. I like this plug for a plug a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got a plug coming up. (laughs) I don't have dates yet on the plug, (laughs) but uh, it's coming. Keep your fingers on the dial. Also, not to make it sound big, I have like three lines on the thing. (laughs) I just don't know what it'll but come out. But what lines? But what lines, baby? Yeah, one is the to be or um, not to be speech. One is. <laughs> <laughs> you can tweet at us at madaboutyoupod. You can yes. and should please like, rate, and review us over on uh, iTunes, on Facebook. Yeah, they keep coming in. It's so yeah. nice. We're up to it's 12, really nice I think, to hear right from now. You guys. Yeah, we haven't. Uh, yeah, it, it's. Uh, let us know what you think. And Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold. I think Tom Arnold has a new one. Someone has a new one. That I was looking at, and they only have like eighteen. So there you go. Listen, we're practically we're practically Tom Arnold. I I think I know where the bar is for us <laughs> right now, and it is beating him. I'm up for a challenge, absolutely. Yeah, do all that, please. We love it. And uh, what else? Uh, oh, we're on Stitcher. Tune in, mm-hmm. uh, Google Play, and I mm-hmm. think that's I think that's it. it I, that's more than yeah, enough. So knock yourselves out. <laughs> There's lots of ways you know, to listen. Don't listen to uh, just. One episode on one platform. Listen to one episode on all the platforms so that you hear it four or five times. Enjoy yourself. Live your life while you're here. So, folks, right? (laughs) That's that's what we've got to say. We have no. The only thing left to do is to thank our wonderful theme song composer. Our theme is composed by John D. Ivy. Our logo is by Mr. Nathan Diffie, nice. D-I-F-F-E-E. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sorry. I stepped on, on it. No. Uh, no problem. I'm going to give it all again right now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Check the time. <laughs> He's so respectful, isn't he? <laughs> our theme song is written by John D. Ivy. Uh-huh. Our theme is our theme is by John D. Ivy. Did anyone and get that the first time? our logo is by... <laughs> You're going to edit all of this. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's where I play God. <laughs> Just put in the Alec Baldwin God speech from Malice right here because that's how I oh my feel God. every time I open Garage Band. <laughs> Our theme song is by John D. Ivy. Our logo is by Mr. Nathan Diffie. 
thanks to both of them. They are wonderful. And our sound mix is by Vuk Ivanovic. Thank you. Fantastic. John, anything else to say? No, I'm out. That's what I am. We are both out. <laughs> My goodness. Folks, this has been Mad About Mad About You. I am Russ Fader. I'm John Mobley. And this, this is, is what, what we're, we're saying. saying.